Berg. Uh, what are some bad smells you actually enjoy or don't mind, even though most people find them foul and offensive? Not the third floor bathroom here. <laughs> I can tell Does you that. Does someone enjoy that? Uh, someone, yeah, yeah because I go, they sit I go in, in there it. and puff it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, think about that bathroom. It's like the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> Mikey, Bob, Mark Madden. The men outnumber the women on this floor. Yeah, and at like 9 o'clock, people run in there like the old days, like reporters running to the phone booth trying to file a story. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta beat the deadline. That's a funny phrase to use for running to the bathroom. You should just use it all the time. I gotta beat the deadline. <laughs> I pulled the pin and I don't know how long I have. <laughs> I've got to get in there. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 66 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. I'm Val Porter. Senators are about to start looking at the FBI's report on its investigation into sexual assault allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh this morning. It includes summaries of agents' interviews but doesn't draw any conclusions about the truthfulness of any testimony. That report will not be made public. It has been confirmed that a tornado is to blame for storm damage in Greene County. National Weather Service officials say an EF-1 twister with winds near 90 miles per hour. Touchdown Tuesday near Graysville. The tornado downed several trees and caused damage to some properties there. Tornadoes were also confirmed yesterday in Jefferson and Crawford counties. Well, fans of Scotch whiskey know there are different versions of Johnny Walker, all with different colors. For example, there's... Johnny Walker red, blue, black. Well, now there is Johnny Walker White Walker for fans of Game of Thrones. (laughs) The limited edition White Walker whiskey is blended from two single malt scotches. It's meant to be served freezing cold. And when you put the bottle in the freezer, the white and blue ink on the bottle glows like the eyes of the zombie monster in the show. I guess I don't don't watch Game of Thrones, but... So winter is coming is what you're saying. I guess so, yeah. All right. An Ohio mom ended up in jail after she allowed her 10-year-old son to get a tattoo. (laughs) 34-year-old Nikki Dickinson says she got sick of her son constantly nagging her for a tattoo, so she finally caved in and got him one. Mom took her son to the home of an unlicensed 16-year-old with a tattoo machine so he could get his very first ink, special mother-son bonding. Uh, police eventually found out about it after they saw a video of the uh, tattoo procedure on Facebook. It shows the kid sitting on his mom's lap inside a filthy room as the teenager tattooed his right arm. Uh, they didn't say what the tattoo was of. I mean, uh, she's she's been charged with child Amen. endangerment. Uh, the teen tattoo artist was also charged with violating safety and sanitation standards. Would it have been different if it was more like uh, a sanitary, upstanding tattoo parlor. Doesn't no, have everything to do with him being he's ten. Ten. It probably would have been a bigger story because that place would have been under way more scrutiny. Well, this is some kid at his a house. A sixteen-year-old kid. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't a tattoo room. shop. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, you know, they make the kind of tattoos you can just lick and yeah, stick. Yeah, the the henna Mom, tattoos that look like real tattoos. I don't advocate tattooing 10-year-olds. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> However, I I think there's a fine line of 
I can do what I want with my kid. Yeah. A li- I, I, I think that just crosses over it, but it also would depend on the tattoo. What if it was a beautiful tattoo of uh, Jesus? I don't know. The point is this. <laughs> His whole back. No, that's yeah. not. See, that would be bad. I don't know. I don't think you should tattoo your kid. I'm going to sleep on this one. You know what? I'm going to take it under advisement. I'm going to have a committee. I'll get Mick, a committee together. Mick Jagger is hitting at working on new music for either a solo project or a new Rolling Stones album. The legendary frontman took to Twitter this week to share a photo of his guitar and a notebook with the caption, writing lyrics, hashtag new music. Jagger's last solo release was a 2017 double-sided single, Gotta Get a Grip slash England Lost. Meanwhile, the Stones' last set of original music was 2015's A Bigger Bang, and in 2016, they released an album of blues covers called Blue and Lonesome. ACDC's 1990 song Money Talks has come to life in the form of two coins. The Royal Australian Mint has produced 30,000 ACDC 50-cent coins and 10,000 $5 coins, but they won't be circulated. They can only be purchased online eshop.ramint.gov.au not for, you know, you can't use them as actually spending money. The 50 cent coin is going to cost you just under $11 US and $5 coin is $94 US. The coins were minted in celebration of the band's 45th anniversary. Finally, Stephen Colbert turned serious on CBS's The Late Show last night. CNN reported yesterday that CBS put Senior Vice President Vinny Favalli on administrative leave while the network investigates claims he used sexual and homophobic language in the workplace. Colbert told his audience that some people who work on his show said Favalli's comments made them uncomfortable, so he took those complaints to CBS Human Resources. Colbert said, quote, it seemed like someone was protecting this guy. Uh, he said he and his staff eventually convinced the network to make a change. Forecast today, chance of rain, temperatures in the low 70s. It is 66 at DVE. What a show we have lined up for you today here on uh, DVE. It's Steelers Thursday. Okay. Yeah, it is. Point that out. It is Steelers Thursday. I just hit myself in the face with the microphone. You okay? No. Is everything all right? No. The tattoo conversation shook me. Missy Matthews will be talking Steelers later on this morning. Borky Talks Pens home opener. Hockey's back. Is back. Also, Big Cat from Barstool Sports from Pardon My Take Podcast. Dan Getkins in a Coffee House, a special Thursday edition of the Coffee House coming up for you. And uh, very excited. Last night, we went to our uh, dinner for Children's Hospital. We auctioned off a dinner uh, for people who donated $2,000 on day one. So the first five people that donated $2,000 to Radiothon on day one of our broadcast uh, got to go to a dinner with us last night, a uh, six-course meal at uh, Ruth's Chris. It was amazing. Unbelievable. I'm still full. Outstanding. Yeah, that was a feast. It was. And wine with every course. A wine pairing with every course. So six glasses of wine if you really wanted to go at it. I think some people did. <laughs> I, 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 I tried them all. I just wasn't pounding yeah. the whole glass. No. Right. I'm not a wine guy. No, you were stelling it up. Yeah, I just went with the beer. It was delicious, though. I want to thank everyone at Ruth's yeah. Chris oh, for- the for food a, was so good. Making that happen, and especially for the people that donated the 2000 bucks, mm-hmm. And they couldn't have been nicer. We had a blast. They were all awesome people. Yeah. Just so sweet and yep. hilarious. And What we, a fun night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so a little dragon this morning, but we'll pick it up. Don't you worry. A reminder, 
Your Bud Light game day bar of the week is Minio's Pizza House and Squirrel Hill $3 Bud Light bottles every Steeler Sunday. Minio's, that's your Bud Light game day bar of the week. You had a chance for 1000 bucks at the top of every hour. We're getting you ready for Steelers-Falcons this morning. That's this Sunday at 1 o'clock kickoff, which you can hear all of the pregame starting 9 a.m. here on your radio home of the Steelers DVE. It's the DVE morning show. Frank Caliendo doing John Gruden. Tell you what, man, I would love to see a couple of buns put together. <laughs> Something mashed in between there, man. I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> There's nothing that makes me happier than seeing a couple of smashed buns with a little meat inside of her, man. It oh, uh, brings a whole new meaning to Gruden's grinders. Right? He's breaking down pornos. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Let's go to a little ex-hamster right now. <laughs> Take a look, see what's going on there. Wow. Hey, is that a man or a woman? I don't even care at this point, man. I'll tell you what. That's some pretty good stuff right there. I'll tell you what. I don't know if Johnny Manziel could get away from that one, man. <laughs> Staying in the pocket right there for as long as possible. Working away to the outside and spinning around. Yeah, there it is. And right up the middle. Great penetration, man. I like when he criticizes him and he's like, what are you doing there? Hey, what's that all about, man? Tell me this, Johnny Manziel. How come your head is wider than your shoulders, man? I've never seen a guy whose head is twice as wide as his shoulder width, man. You stand legs shoulder width apart. They're still inside of your head, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, a lot of people say Johnny Manziel's not going to make it. You look at a guy like a Russell Wilson or a Drew Brees. These guys might not be able to get all the rides at Disney World, but I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> There's some pretty good skills going on right there. Tremendous motors. I love watching this stuff. I love this, watching this stuff almost as much as I love watching meat dry, man. <laughs> you like watching meat dry? You better believe it. You ever, you ever get one of those... Uh, Making myself salivate, and I'm not sure if I'm salivating over the meat references or what it's actually about. Right. <laughs> what? What? Did I just come out? <laughs> Better tell my wife. Uh, that didn't even make sense, but I'll tell you what, man. Berman will make it better. Uh, you know, it, it was, uh, he was joking there. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't want to take the little road and say that it was, uh, it was any guy. He didn't want to offend anybody, so he took the side of being in, in the gay organization. <laughs> is, there, is there a gay organization that is out there? Uh, organization? You'd, yeah. You'd be like, not like a crime family. <laughs> we are going to knock off every single one in the Bartolataglia family. <laughs> These guys are going to be dead. <laughs> They're going down. It's like you're doing like Pacino, Sunny, Dog Day. Yeah, they've had enough. <laughs> this is not going to fly. <laughs> Duke, you understand me! <laughs> oh. Are those bullets? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love where that landed. <laughs> that has changed the entire complexion of this room. This is awesome. I love being in your little mob. It is the DVE morning show. Dr. Feelgood, Molly Crew. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Kicking the teeth right in the morning. 
kicking it off with a little crew this morning. Hey, special thanks to uh, Kelly O from Kelly O's Diners for bringing us uh, diner for bringing us breakfast no, it's this diners. morning. Diners, other two. Yeah, there's one in the North Hills yeah. and the Strip. Well, there you go. I was kind of hard to some. eat this stuff without any teeth because I just got kicked in them. But <laughs> amazing by Motley Crue. Right. Yes, Kelly O's the best. Um, Kelly O's pumpkin pancakes. Yeah. Why did she bring this in? Cause she's nice. She's super nice. I love Kelly O. I mean, the one it's in the my strip. Favorite. Yeah, the one in the strip is my favorite. Yeah. Anytime anybody comes in from out of town, I take them to Kelly O's. It is awesome. So, and thank- she's uh, world famous too because she was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yes. Yeah, she has a picture of Guy Fieri. Is that his name? Fioris? No, Pit- Pit- Fieri. A lot of P- Pittsburgh people call him Guy Fiori. <laughs> Some people call him Guy Fiero. Guy Fierro, he looks more like a Guy Fierro than anything, really. Mm-hmm. But special Does thanks. Does he own a shirt that doesn't have flames coming of it? I don't believe so. Okay. Mike Pursuit coming in next. We're getting ready for Steelers, Falcons, and it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. The Penguins, home opener tonight against the Caps, who, boy, did you see how they got started last Ooh. night? <laughs> no so, rust on those guys. No, not at all. Uh, there will be on Tom Wilson. Oh, yeah, because he's oh. going to be sitting... 20 games. Michael, have the details coming up. DVE. Health.com. DVE Sports. Oh, yeah, the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuit with your sports right now. And, Mike, it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Where's the next wine course? I know, right? Come on. uh, Are we spoiled? We have an orange juice course this morning. (laughs) The DVE Morning Show has been dining together for 12 hours now, basically. (laughs) Wow. What a night. We go from uh, Ruth's Chris last night in support of Children's Hospital, thanks to those people who donated. Uh, to have dinner with us last night, thanks to the folks at Ruth's, to coming into work this morning and having Kelly O's cater breakfast for us. We're, we're, we're spoiled beyond back belief. Back-to-back champs. <laughs> Sports this hour brought to you by CBS Television. It is a hockey night in Pittsburgh, 7 o'clock from the PPG Paints Arena and on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X, the Pens and the Washington Capitals. They've done this before. Uh, it's going to be the sixth time that the Pens have opened against the Caps. Pittsburgh is 5-0 and all-time against Washington in season openers, including 4-0 and at home. And uh, for the 14th season, the Penguins will look to Sidney Crosby to, leave them, to lead them. Here's uh, head coach Mike Sullivan. I just think he's the best player in the game. He's the best player in the game. He elevates. He, he plays his best when the stakes are high. Uh, you know, he plays at both ends of the rink. We rely on him to defend as much as we rely on him to score goals and create offense. And uh, and he's really good at both. So it doesn't surprise me. He's done it in, since I've been his coach. That's been my experience with him. Uh, I just have so much respect for uh, the type of person he is, the type of player that he is, uh, the care factor he has for the team and winning. And, uh, and and so he always elevates his game and whatever our team needs. If we need a, a center iceman to take a face off and defend, you know, and defend a, a one goal game when it's when it's a six on five situation, he's the guy. You know, if if we need a goal and there's a face off in the offensive zone, he's the guy. You know, that's the player that he is for us. I think that's what separates him from any other player in the game is that he's so multidimensional. You know, it's there's so many different layers to his game, regardless of who we play him with. You know, he finds ways to have success, and uh, and he does it night in and night out. 
Yeah, that was Mike Sullivan talking about Sidney Crosby last year in the playoff series against the Capitals. He never has a problem talking about Sidney Crosby. And uh, the two-way uh, references there uh, really sum up what Sullivan wants, not just from Crosby, but all the Penguins. It's the same sort of dynamic in play. They're a very talented team. They can do some amazing things with the puck, but they can't try to do them at the risk of leaving themselves susceptible to odd man rushes and scoring chances for the other team. Don't Sullivan, take too many risks. Sullivan, you'll hear him. Uh, you've heard him a million times before. If you've been paying attention, you'll hear it a million times again this season. He doesn't want to take the stick out of the player's hands. Go ahead, be creative. But if you're going to try something, do it. Do it in the right situation. Don't take unnecessary chances. You don't score your way to the championship. Play the right way. That's it. And uh, didn't quite get that done against the Capitals last year. The last time these two teams were on the ice at PPG Paints Arena, the Penguins made a bad play in overtime and gave up a breakaway, and their season was over. That's the kind of stuff they want to avoid. Pens and Caps tonight. Washington cranked it up last night. Beat the Bruins by a touchdown, seven to nothing. They scored twenty-five seconds into the game. Yeah, two in a minute and forty-seven seconds into the first period. That's the fastest two goals by a defending Cup champion in NHL history. Uh, the Caps also set a record for the largest shutout victory by a defending Stanley Cup champion. So they're off and running. Uh, T.J. Oshie a goal and an assist. Evgeny Kuznetsov two goals. Alex Ovechkin a goal. And an assist, some familiar names showing up for the Caps. One guy who did not show up and won't for a while, Tom Wilson. 20 games. Old garbage can Wilson. Is that going to be uh, 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 appealed by the NHLPA at all? Or I don't know. <clears throat> Pardon me. But it's uh, a strong statement from uh, the Department of Player Safety. I watched the video yesterday afternoon. And uh, among the things that were highlighted, uh, an injury was sustained to Oscar Sundquist. Wilson received a match penalty for a check to the head in a preseason game. The video emphasized that uh, Wilson was in control of the hit and could have avoided the head. Instead, he targeted the head. Uh, the video said that uh, Sundquist was eligible to be checked. It was a, it was a hockey play. He just did it the wrong way. And uh, yeah, he made his head the primary yeah. area of contact. And last but not least. Uh, Wilson had been suspended last season on September the 22nd, on October the 1st, and on May the 1st. The May hit was the one on Zach Aston Reese in the playoffs. Uh, according to the Department of Player Safety, that's four suspensions in 105 games, pre-regular and postseason, And that was uh, categorized as, quote, an unprecedented frequency of suspension in the history of the Department of Player Safety. Wow unprecedented frequency of suspension. So maybe he better get the idea this time. Because if it's 20 now, what's it going to be next time? Yeah, uh, seriously. That's the big thing on this, the frequency. It's always something. There are people who defend him as not being a dirty player. Mm, the frequency is where I, I have a problem with that argument. He's just not... Um, Picking up what they're laying down in terms of change the way you play. It's very similar to what the NFL has gone through and is going through with their player safety initiative. It's funny, I, I looked, a couple of us were with the Steelers press room yesterday, and we looked up the hit on uh, Scott Stevens on Eric Lindros. 
in 2000, which to me was sort of similar. Lindros was skating down the middle mm-hmm. of the ice with his head down, and Stevens just lit him up. And uh, Darren Pang was doing the game on ESPN, and he, he said such plays are a lost art form, and he called it a good hit. What year was that? 2000. It's a long time ago. They don't do it that way anymore. Mm-mm. And uh, Tom Wilson does. He he is a talented hockey player. Well, that's what's so annoying about this is that but he's he, not an unskilled goon. Yeah, he, but he has these. I don't know what you call them. These uh, forays into the unacceptable for whatever reason. Why you would do that in a preseason game, in particular, is just beyond me. What was the point of that? I mean, from the video that they showed, it looked like he was he he was head hunting. Yeah. He saw him cross over, and he just picked up speed. and You know, and I'm sure he saw his head down, and he said, I can light this guy up. He could have hit him hard in the shoulder. Yeah. But 20 games, and uh, that's a forfeiture of uh, $1.2 million in change in salary. Which is his whole year's salary. He did get a $5 million bonus signing. but How is it his whole year's salary if he's only out half the season? I just I I read uh, on the release that it was uh, what the number was. I don't know. Well, I don't know what he's. Mentioned. I know, but no, Bill's saying that. Yeah, because somebody reported it last night that his salary is one point one million dollars this year. All right. Well, I'll well worry about the math later, but that doesn't jive with me. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's twenty games. It's a quarter of the season. I get, I just don't know why it's not a quarter of his salary. Steelers uh, getting ready for the Falcons on Sunday. Uh, Mike Hilton, a full participant. With his elbow, Morgan Burnett limited with the groin. Darius Hayward Bay ankle and Vince Williams hamstring did not participate. Tyler Matikavich broke down how they uh, tried things in Williams' absence. Matikavich said he was the guy in base defense. LJ Fort was the guy in quarters. That's the six DBs thing. And uh, Matthew Thomas was working in in various situations. So they seem to be trying to replace Williams uh, by committee. Uh, Chris Boswell showed up on the injury report, left foot. Uh, didn't seem to be a whole lot of concern about that over there yesterday. For Atlanta, uh, not participating. Defensive tackle Grady Jarrett and wide receiver Julio Jones. Uh, limited were uh, defensive end Vic Beasley, running back Tevin Coleman, running back Devonta Freeman. Uh, the head coach of the Falcons, Dan Quinn, was optimistic about Freeman's uh, possibilities of playing this week. He did not play last week. Another wrinkle for the against uh, Cincinnati for the Steelers well, have to contend with. Just a better guy. I yeah. mean, they're going to run the uh, outside zone stuff, and their running game. Uh, the Falcons they they don't care if they get stuffed or lose a couple. They're counting on that outside zone and cutback, giving them big runs periodically. And Matt Ryan also does the bootleg off the outside zone. So if they get that set up, look out. Well, uh, if Matthew Thomas can figure out what the hell's going on, hey, just mm-hmm. you know, if balls over there. Somewhere, yeah, if go, he can just. Run Spy. after it and and tackle the guy with the ball. Yeah. Maybe they get to a little basic kind of approach to it, and maybe that'll backyard work. ball. Maybe that'll work. Uh, postseason baseball last night, October baseball in Yankee Stadium. Boy, I, I don't like the Yankees, but there's nothing like the stadium in October. Yankees seven, A's two. New York wins the American League Wild Card game and advances to play. The oh, Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. We've got a Yankees-Red Sox series coming up. Tonight it's uh, game one in the NLDS series. The Rockies at the Brewers at 5.07 and the Braves at the Dodgers at 8.37. And then on Friday, a four-pack for you. 
the Indians at the Astros at 2.05, the Rockies at the Brewers at 4.15, the Yankees at the Red Sox at 7.32, and the Braves at the Dodgers at 9.37. Yankees-Red Sox is good for baseball, man. That's an awesome series. I can't wait to watch that. It represents for a lot of people what's wrong with baseball. A lot of people hate it because it's two big money market teams that perennially face each other, and ESPN always likes to make them the face of baseball as if there are no other markets. But, you know, having been to a number of Yankees-Red Sox games through the years, I can tell you that is a hell of a matchup. Oh, and in in the postseason. The history and... and yeah, this. I mean, the A's are. You know, they were the small market champion this year. No payroll, and they won ninety-seven games. Oh, isn't that great? Look what they did. What did they get them? Right. Okay, go away. Now the big boys are playing. Yeah. No, you're right. But you know, when when a playoff game ends in in Yankee Stadium, and they've won it, and the crowd is going berserk, and they crank up the uh, New York, New York. You could hear uh, Frank Sinatra singing in the background while they're doing the post-game interviews last night. That that atmosphere, those fans are just maniacal. They're so engaged. And if you don't like the Yankees, it's another reason to hate them. But uh, boy, boy, does it create atmosphere. Atmosphere this Sunday for the Steelers and the Falcons. Weather-wise, I think we're going to be looking pretty good for the 1 o'clock kickoff. Steelers desperately need a win in Week 5. The one o'clock. You might kick, be understating it. Uh, yeah, desperately not strong enough of a word, huh? Nine a.m. is when we get our coverage uh, going here on the radio home of the Steelers. Tim Benz, Rob King, and Dale Lawley. They pass it on to Mike Pursuta, Bob Labriola, and Jerry Dulac, who and then, then in turn, hand it off to the triumvirate of Steeler Broadcasting with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Elkin, and Craig Wolfley on the sidelines. Woof. Steelers. Falcons, Sunday, 1 o'clock, DVE. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Every year, our friend Katie Grashow comes in to talk about the World of May 5K, which is going on this coming weekend here. Uh, is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. October 5th is the deadline tomorrow to get registered for this weekend's event. Now, first of all, uh, before we talk about the really cool event that's going on this weekend, let's talk about yes. Ada. Yes. Okay. Your daughter, Ada has Phelan McDermott syndrome. Yes. For those, now that's not an everyday, people don't know that one. No. All right, so what does that all entail? Okay, so we um, we only found out when she was five and a half after a lot of searching. So part of what our goal is and what I feel like my purpose is, is to spread the word and to get that wor- those words, Phelan McDermott syndrome, out there. Um, because we really were searching and searching and um, the doctors really uh, had no clue. And um, even though they were doing their best and, you know, you, it was just a mystery. So um, there's only 1,700 known cases worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, scientifically, what happens, what happened in her body and others with this diagnosis, it affects your shank three gene. So um, this, I, I really, she's really... Um, pumped up my scientific knowledge. Yeah. Um, so within your 22nd chromosome, um, you have Phelan McDermott if your Shank 3 gene is compromised, either with a deletion or a mutation. Okay. So because she has a, um, a small part of her base 
missing her um her verbal skills um most people with it are either nonverbal or very little verbal skills Mm -hmm. um intellectual disabilities autism symptoms gi symptom uh issues um and difficulties uh hypotonia which is low muscle tone so every aspect of your body that you're using your muscles swallowing um walking Inconceivable things that you don't even think about are compromised because of this. Every single aspect and of life, as we yes. said, not a very well-known disease. So, what part yeah. of your mission here is to bring mm-hmm. awareness yes. to to the disease itself, to the yes. syndrome itself? Yeah. Uh, your daughter Ada is how old now? She just turned ten. Ten. Yes. And you brought some good news this morning. Yes. Yeah. She. It's. It's. It's a struggle, but she teaches us to just really milk the goodness and the. The little giggles that we get every now and then and in the past month she started making eye contact with me again a little bit here uh-huh. and there uh, which means everything and last week um, a full sentence came out of her mouth yeah. which what was she, the sentence wow. <laughs> um, and this really speaks to her spirit um, she asked her one friend her aide can I hold your hand oh. on a oh walk oh my god yes so that is why I want to get out there and spread her spirit. She is primarily nonverbal. I don't know if we'll hear a word again for years. Right. But that is a glimpse into her head and her heart. And we feel like that's universal. Mm-hmm. And that goodness is something that we all can connect to. And it's not just about feeling McDermott, but if we can connect and give hope to anybody going through anything, we're going to do it and that's what saturday is all about it's about celebrating the abilities of everybody and the goodness that we can all share so north park this saturday this is a i mean a perfect uh, time of year for this Mm -hmm. and i know that's a big part of why you do it because it's so beautiful out with the foliage and whatnot but you really have this this set up in a very unique and cool way there's going to be musicians like every half mile on this course Yeah, when I ran the half marathon, and um, I just was so amazed and touched and in awe of the atmosphere. And and mm-hmm. I always running track in high school and college, and I was long distance, so you just make that loop around how many times, and it gets so right. monotonous. So I loved that there were there was music and that energy. So why not do that for a five k? Why not do that for a one right. mile? And um, Ada's very musical. Um, like I said, she she barely if ever speaks. However, she matches pitch and consistently. And she's extremely musical. She taps and drums. And despite the fact that her fine motor skills are really, um, it's difficult for her. So mm-hmm. so music is a strong connection. And and that. Oh, uh, we know the power of that. Exactly. So yeah. so that's why it's so beautiful that I'm here with you guys as well. So one of the musicians along the course is Ada's little sister, Wilhelmina, who plays the ukulele, <laughs> um, who's seven, and she rocks out. Um, and she, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're really excited to bring that fun atmosphere. And it's a, it's a full family event. P- face painting, there's uh, interactive hula hoop troop performances, I like that. Dinosaur shows, raffles, yeah. uh, there's food uh, and, and available on the course. This is a nice family event on what's supposed to be a beautiful Saturday afternoon in October in Pittsburgh, yeah. in North Park. It doesn't get much better than that. That's reason enough to go, not to, to mention the great cause at hand here. World of May 5K run walk. Uh, people can register by tomorrow and still do the race, right? 
right? Tomorrow by midnight, online registration will mm-hmm. be open, and then we open back up registration at 9 o'clock on the North Ridge at okay. North Park. Uh, Saturday morning. That's awesome. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, afternoon for it, and I hope everyone gets out there. And uh, continued success to you, Katie. Thank you. In uh, raising awareness about uh, this uh, Phelan McDermott syndrome. And our best to 80, and, and that was great news. Because how many is this third year you've been coming in here? Or is- yes. Uh, the first year I was very pregnant. So, yes. <laughs> yes. And she's she's almost two now. Okay. Yes. Yes. So well, it's it, it's we're I'm so grateful to be here. It's just such a blast. Well, it's a perfect uh, event and a perfect cause for the DVE audience. So we're, we're glad to share it with everybody. We'll see you Saturday at North Park for the World of May 5K. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty messed up at times. I never thought, like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I could go for some dead flowers. Anybody I never had else? my pants on backwards, Bill. <laughs> uh, I can't say that. You've had your you pants know, on backwards. I grew backwards? up in the '90s. I mean, at least in my house, I tried it on. I never, I never did it. You experimented with the criss- statement. crisscross. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Baseball jersey backwards. Everything backwards. Oh yeah. Were you on a dance team? I mean, not uh, officially. What? <laughs> What was the name I, of your name? What was the name? We didn't have. I name. want video. I gotta look something. Did up. Did you have I a name have like some, Turbo honestly, or something? No, no, of course not. What was it? I didn't have one. Oh, <laughs> nothing. But to nice try there. Not that, like Turbo. That honestly might have tricked me out of it. Yeah. Like yeah, it was Turbo, you idiot. <laughs> it was White Lightning. Right. Randy Bellman <laughs> and the DVE Morning Show. Uh, it is the DV Morning Show. Randy Babbitt, Val Porter, White Lightning. We have a lot of guests uh, this morning. Missy Matthews talking Steelers. A crucial Week 5 matchup. Crucial. That could determine the rest of the season. The fate of the Steelers. Uh, also, Phil Bork talks opening night. Home opener for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. It's hockey back. Talk. Big Cap and Pardon My Take Podcast 915. Also, a special Thursday coffee house. Dan Getkin's going to be joining us at 945. He's got a big uh, show, CD release party, album release party. Nobody makes the CDs anymore, I don't think. Do they make albums? They make the vinyl and they do the digital. <sighs> I still call it CD. Yeah, it's yeah. just feel. It's like a, a natural phrase. But it... Record sounds good to me because it is a recording. Yes, it's a record of their music. And it's a record of their music. Yeah, so his new record will be uh, celebrated in the nine his o'clock. His new cassette tape will hit the stores. You know, look at all Sam goodies. Cassette tapes were just a little bit more practical than eight tracks, but not much. They were just smaller. <laughs> that was it. But they were. They turned everybody into all of a sudden. We were all doing our own editing. Yeah, you couldn't make a mixtape on an A-track, could you? No, I don't. So, could yes, you, re- you could. You could record on yeah, A-track? Yeah, you could get recordable oh, A-track. Wow. We had a recordable 8-track player. So I could record things on an 8-track when huh. I was a kid. My uncle was a big record collector, and he was big into that. So he used to make... So the way I got introduced to basically all the precursors of classic rock was because my uncle made all of these compilations and that's what we used to listen to all the time so we had like eight tracks of the best of the 50s Mm. you know which would you know sum up a decade in an eight track but 60s 70s then there would be one that was all Beatles there'd be one that was all Neil Diamond Hmm. one that would be all the platters and he used to use those. Was old, your uncle Johnny Fever? No, my uncle. He was one of the biggest record collectors in the country. He and when he passed on, they sold all his stuff to that place down in Carnegie. 
Oh, yeah. That record stopped. He's not there anymore. Yeah, Main Street. Yeah. yeah, no, he took all my... He, yeah, he basically absconded with my family's fortune! Uh, no. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty cool, though. He, you know, growing up, if I ever wanted a mixtape, he would make it. So when I, like, first heard Simon and Garfunkel when I was, like, nine, I was like, that's cool. And he'd be like, I'll make you a mixtape. Well, and he would make... very nice story. Yeah. It was super cool. Anyways, once it got to cassettes... All of a sudden, everybody had their own yeah. double cassette machine. We were high-speed dubbing. Oh, you tried to tape a song off the radio? The best! Was there anything better than when you were a kid just sitting there waiting to hit play and record? Yeah. Do you remember what song you did that with? Uh, Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Zappa? Yeah. That's hilarious. I remember when I, w- I was out in um, in Boston... And uh, my my buddy sent me a mixtape that he had made of DVE skits. Oh yeah, that was a big one. Wow, that was that was definitely big. Um, you know which one I used to uh, wait for that I really wanted to hear? Lover Boy, you take me to the top. Oh my god! Which was kind of like a B cut, but K one hundred four in Erie when I was growing up used to play, it and I was like, oh, this song is so cool. Was that like 85, 86? I or don't was know. That I mean, I, I, I can't was remember what right was. about when I was like graduating from my Coke bottle radio days to actually u- being able to use my brother's, you know, boom box, which was essentially a cassette player with a six inch speaker. We used to, um, and I just found the cassette recently, but I don't, I don't think I have a cassette player at home. We used to tape whatever was happening in the house. Like, you would just hit play and record and tape. Really? Like, I used to tape my brother Skittle Bowling. Remember the game Skittle Bowling? No. no. Skittle Bowling was like a square, it looked like a small sandbox. It was, I don't know, like two feet by two feet. It had a pole on it with a string and a little round ball. And you would set pins up on this platform, like bowling pins. Right. And you would swing the ball around the, the pole to try to get a strike. And you just scored it like wow. bowling. What a game. Is that still available that, anywhere? I don't know. Let's uh, Google that Skittle bowling. Lover boy. Working for the weekend. Turn me loose. That album they had was ridiculous. What was the name? It was just their self-titled Lover Boy. The Kid is Hot Tonight. I mean, That's a who, good song. Who doesn't remember The Kid is Hot Tonight? <laughs> me. Oh, this looks awesome, Val. This just sounds like Fast Times at Richmond High. Oh, for you sure, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Loverboy tribute coming up. All right, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Uh-huh. It's 65 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CBS Television. I'm Val Porter. Didn't Mike Reno, the lead singer of Loverboy, like, gain like 400 pounds and they, he, they tried to do a reunion and they're like dude you can't fit into the leather pants anymore he got big i don't know what he looks like now but he did go through a big phase yeah he was a big fella yeah you have to and, join the fat boys now and then the one guy <laughs> i think he got washed off a boat come on he was lost at sea <laughs> for real yeah did they find him i don't know i don't think so oh my god google oh. that google, google right, right now <laughs> Lover boy, lo, just lover boy lost at sea. Sure. Google that. Is that why we That's haven't had more lover boy songs? Maybe. 
It might have been the key. Dude, the literally, player. I typed lover boy and then I hit L after that and it, and it finished it. Lost at sea. That I is see. a real thing. Yeah. I think it was. Lover boy basis. Scott Smith missing, presumed dead. This after was... being swept off his 37 foot sailboat by a 25 foot wave. This was easily 15 years. I was going to say it was easily 15 years ago. The year 2000. Two of Smith's friends were also aboard, but unharmed. Oh, my Lord. He got swept off his boat. That's almost like as strange of a rock and roll death as the guy from Toto spraying raid in his backyard and having an allergic reaction and dying. Mm. Which I guess, uh, after I said, now that I say it out loud, I remember I had said this out loud before, and someone was like, dude, he had a Coco D. That was an excuse. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I'll have to find yeah, that out. Google that, too, Google right, that right now. now. <laughs> the man arrested on Wednesday and suspected of sending envelopes containing an ingredient found in rice into the Pentagon and White House is a U.S. Navy veteran. William Clyde Allen is a 39-year-old Logan, Utah man who spent four years in the Navy two decades ago. He's expected to be formally charged tomorrow. The envelopes never actually reached the White House or Pentagon. The envelope sent to the White House was addressed to President Trump. Those sent to the Pentagon were addressed to Defense Secretary Jim Mattis and Chief of Naval Operations Admiral John Richardson. Jeff Percaro, drummer, Toto, 1992, 38 years old, allergic reaction to pesticides. Not a cocoa overdose? Oh, that's what it said in Rolling Stone. Oh, in the New York Times. So, all right. Gas prices are going up again. A new report says a gallon of gas in the U.S. is just pennies away from its highest price since 2014. Average prices top $2.90 a gallon on Wednesday, a rise of about $0.06 cents in the last month. The report says the price of gas is rising because strong global economies and international politics are boosting oil prices. Well, the holidays are fast approaching. That means lots of parties, lots of boozing. But if you want to give yourself a a little booze break before the season of celebrating begins, here's some inspiration. So you want to have a sober October, you can still do that. A new study found there are a lot of benefits of going alcohol-free for just a month. Hmm. Just four weeks without booze can help reduce your blood pressure and risk of cancer and could help you lose nearly seven pounds. So does that... Wow. Does the chance of disease blood pressure etc go right back up when you start drinking again or do you start at that level and have to build it back up Uh, we'll get to that according to the research uh laying off the booze will help you sleep as well as boost your concentration and your liver health lead author professor rajiv jalan of university college london said if giving up alcohol for a month was a drug this drug would be worth billions of dollars But doctors are warning even light drinking could increase a person's risk of death. The study from the Washington University of Medicine shows people who have just one or two drinks at least four times a week have a 20% greater chance of premature death than those who drink less and cardiovascular problems top the list of issues. Uh Uh-oh. I gotta stop drinking beer now because my daughter is shaming me (sighs) in like four different ways. Because you have a beer gut? I have, that's number one. Every time she touches my belly, I say, say goodbye to the belly. And she goes, you've been saying that for three years. (laughs) She goes, that belly's not going anywhere with all those beers you drink. I found your trash can because I have a burner trash can basically (laughs) where I keep all my beer bottles. I like the Kennedys become your cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She is an investigator. She's the angel on your shoulder. Yeah. I mean, you can't get anything by her. That's awesome. She's on it, 
And she's like, seriously, man, stop drinking the beers. <laughs> and I'm like, I just have one or two. A, Imagine how, an hour. how horrified kids today would be of how our parents acted. Oh, yeah. She'd be like, cigarettes in the kitchen? Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, my my seven-year-old says, uh, you know, a lot of people smoke when people aren't looking. Like, she thinks that everybody that smokes is doing it in secret. She's not wrong. I did see somebody smoking in their car the other day, and I was like, that's weird. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Oh, just it's- people hotboxing their Civic? <laughs> it just seems so foreign It used now. to be so prevalent, and now, yeah, it is mm-hmm. rare. A couple weekends ago, the Jets played the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, and Jets running back Isaiah Crowell scored a touchdown. <laughs> uh, and had an awesome celebration. He celebrated by pretending to use the ball to wipe his butt and then threw the ball into the crowd. Well, the NFL fined him uh, about thirteen grand, but he might get that money back. He was offered an endorsement deal with Dude Wipes, which is <laughs> flushable wet wipes uh, for guys. That is amazing. Flushable? Yeah, they're like the adult <laughs> like, diaper you, wipes. Well, you'd sound like somebody in an infomercial. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me these are flushable? <laughs> well, because the big they, knock on the no. other ones are that you can't flush no. them. You got to put them in a separate container, and nobody wants to have that process in their daily constitutional. You are. Right. Th- they're all flushable. No, well, no, you're not. But supposed- you should. It's bad for the sewage system. Okay, so not flushable. Not, well, they are. There needs to be something that's like biodegradable and breaks up after. Yeah, why can't they make it out of plant matter? Because it would probably it break up on your bucky. It would never. <laughs> I don't want anything breaking up on my bucky. It would never. It would never. <laughs> it it, it yeah, needs to have a certain level of integrity. So much funnier when you say bucky <laughs> <laughs> than buckeye. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about getting a diaper genie. And just keeping it in, yeah, the, you can uh, do that. in the bathroom. But that's gross. Oh, dude, come on. That would be, you can't have that. Can I use your bathroom? Sure, it's right over there. Wait! <laughs> Any company comes over to your house, you're just terrified. And they're like, what's this trash compactor you have next to your toilet? I oh. put the burner diaper genie next to my burner trash can. That's where I put my dude wipes. Is it weird? <laughs> dude wipes is not a great name. No. It sounds Why like, not? well, it. It sounds like the uh, a terrible sequel to the Big Lebowski. <laughs> They're very. It looks. Oh, like, the package looks like. Um, it looks like an Axe body spray design. The dude bud. It's like black with just. Do you have any bro napkins? <laughs> no, I don't. But I do have some dude wipes. Plumbers will tell you those are not flushable. The, do not flush those. They are flushable. It's just. A- it just jacks up your plumbing yes and this is this is the thing that i hate because we're the consumer i'm not i don't make the product i want it to be biodegradable it's not my fault that these companies are making them why would they be able to make them like they should that should be against the law where are our toilet protections <laughs> where are your bucky protections yeah. Say hey, you know these uh, these wipes you're making—they're gumming up the works. They're screwing up the sewage plants. You can't do that. Figure it out. Figure right. it out. Well, uh, dude wipes. Dude wipes. Uh, Virginia woman on the wrong side of the law for trying to smuggle a lot of drugs into a prison in her vajayjay. 
Uh, Angela Thomas of Richmond arrested last weekend at the Augusta Correctional Facility, uh, allegedly with 230 strips of suboxone hidden inside her body cavity. Oh, Maria full of grace. That is... That is a lot. The 40-year-old was arrested and faces felony charges, a policy to prevent smuggling in body cavities known as the prison tampon ban was supposed to go into effect over the weekend but was suspended after a public outcry. Better make sure you have some chick wipes before you <laughs> partake in any suboxone. The Rolling Stones are set to celebrate the 50th anniversary of their album Beggar's Banquet with a new vinyl edition. The upcoming expanded edition will feature a mono 45 RPM 12-inch single of Sympathy for the Devil plus a flexi disc of a Mick Jagger interview. A special anniversary edition will be available November 16th. The original album was released December 6th, 1968. Oh, yeah. I mean, Beggar's has some great tunes on it. There's no doubt about it. Stray Cat Blues, though, has the creepiest tune on that album. I mean, it's just about them creeping on a super underage chick. This, you know, the stuff that doesn't really play anymore. Mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner received the Hall of Fame Award of the International Entertainment Buyers Awards in Nashville on Tuesday. Stumbling a bit during his acceptance speech, founding guitarist Gary Rossington explained that he can't read very well since they quit school to start a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even spell Leonard. <laughs> and finally, Kate Hudson is officially a mom of three. The actress and her boyfriend, Danny Fujikawa, welcomed a baby girl on Tuesday. Hudson said on Instagram her name is Ronnie after Fujikawa's late grandfather. And it's the couple's first child together. Hudson also has a 14-year-old son with her ex-husband, Chris Robinson. Yeah. And a 7-year-old son with her ex-fiance, Matt Bellamy. You know. She gets around. Well, she's Penny Lane, you know. Mm -hmm. She's a (laughs) Band-Aid. Forecast today. uh, Expect some rain. Temperatures in the low 70s. It's 65. Oh, yeah, the DV Morning Show. Nikki Hopkins on the piano there. The Watt Street Gospel Choir in the background from Beggar's Banquets. Seminal cut, salt of the earth. I always love that tune. There, If you get the Rock and Roll Circus, the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus on DVD or wherever you can you know, watch it streaming, um, they, they finish the whole event with that. That was a BBC all-star musical production that the Rolling Stones shelved for 40 years. And it was mostly because, now it had The Who, uh, John Lennon with Eric Clapton and Mitch Mitchell from, uh, from Hendrix doing a, a, a makeup band called The Dirty Mac, and they played the Beatles' Year Blues, uh, Jethro Tull, Taj Mahal, Marianne Faithful. Uh, they were all wow. a part of this, this broadcast, but it was... They were overshadowed by The Who. The Who just came off the road after doing Tommy, and you know they were so well-rehearsed and killing it, and they come on and do a quick one while he's away, and it it is just lights out good, and they blow the Rolling Stones off the stage. The Stones, who were unrehearsed, coming out of the studio, kind of put on a little bit of a sloppy performance, one of Brian Jones' era's last performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's really fun to watch, but they end with that, and they're all sitting around like, all of their friends, they're all wearing raincoats, so like Pete Townsend's behind them, and they're all singing Salt of the Earth together. It's a really weird, surreal experience, and after you watch it, you're like, that was really cool. Also, I see why they didn't release it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good move by Mick Jagger to go, nah, that's not going to see the light of, the, of day for decades. Uh, hockey, back in the Berg tonight. The Penguins' home opener against the Caps, who are Wilsonless. 
They uh, go out last night after hanging the banner and score 25 seconds into the game. They score twice in the first two minutes and roll the Bruins. I think they just scored again. Yeah, so we'll talk a little hockey with Phil Bork later this morning. Also, the Tomlin translator on the way, and it's Steelers-Falcons Sunday. DVE Sports. (laughs) Uh, It's the DVE Morning Show. Mike Prasuda, it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is. 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena and on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X, the Penguins and the Washington Capitals Sports This Hour, brought to you by Blackish on my 22. The uh, NHL's last three Stanley Cup champions will be on display tonight at the PPG Paints Arena. The Penguins, uh, on the way to consecutive cups, went through the Capitals in the second round each time, and then last year... The Capitals went through the Pens finally in the second mm-hmm. round and uh, got that long uh, sought after first championship for Washington. Both teams are being talked about as uh, potential Stanley Cup champions this year. Both teams are in the mix, at least according to a lot of uh, preseason prognostication. Pens captain Sidney Crosby said that, uh, hey, it's great to be under consideration, but the Penguins shouldn't consider themselves any more than that for openers. I think we're always in the conversation. It's up to us to, to stay there. and For sure, there's a lot of good teams around the league, so uh, it's not easy. And um, you know, We've got to prove ourselves year after year. Yeah, the, the presence of the Capitals tonight uh, will remind the Penguins of what they had and what they no longer have, the status they once enjoyed and uh, the plateau to which they're trying to ascend again. Here's defenseman Chris Letang. I mean, yeah, obviously we, we didn't end the season the way we wanted, and uh, I think we, we want to send a message that uh, we're still uh, we're still there and we still want to win more Stanley Cups. So um, I think, uh, like Sid said, uh, we're going to come in there with a chip on our shoulder and try to regain what we, what we lost. Yeah, a lot of messages being sent as the NHL cranks it up again. Uh, the Caps sent one last night in terms of their... Status as the defending champs, they beat the Bruins seven to nothing on Banner Night down in Washington D.C. Two goals in the first minute and forty-seven <laughs> seconds on the way to that seven nothing shutout. And uh, the NHL sent a pretty severe message to Tom Wilson of oh, the boy, Caps: yeah. a twenty-game suspension for his hit on the Blues' Oscar Sundquist in the preseason. Uh, Wilson was given a match penalty on the play. Uh, if you haven't seen the video, it is very specific uh, in terms of what they found inappropriate, and uh, it left little doubt as to why this suspension for Wilson was so severe. It's his fourth since last September the 22nd, four in a span of 105 games, either preseason, regular season, or postseason. Uh, The NHL Department of Player Safety said that uh, rate is, quote, an unprecedented frequency of suspension hmm. in the history of the Department of Player Safety. Uh-huh. Well, that's... Unprecedented frequency of suspension. In other words, hey, pal, that's enough. That's enough. I, I don't... Move. I'll be shocked if he doesn't do it again. You know, there's just something about these guys. Matt Cook could not get it through his head. Well, he kind of did, but then he wasn't as effective. Right, when they lose that edge in their game, they kind of lose their identity a little bit. I don't know. Tom Wilson is such a good player in so many other ways. He can be physical. And I know there are a lot of people that uh, in, in Washington who are going to great pains to defend him uh, as not being dirty. But I, 
I don't know how you can't look at that and think there are plenty of ways that he could have just destroyed Sunquist there without going to his head. Yeah, and he he didn't. It was the video from the Department of Player Safety said Sunquist was eligible to be hit, so it it wasn't dirty that way. You know, in terms of initiating contact, right? He didn't charge. He didn't launch. But he picked the head. He targeted the head. He always does. It's he, just you know the the inj- like the intent to injure with him is what always gets me. Like when you're breaking guys' jaws and you're targeting their head and splitting their face open, it's just it's unnecessary. Yeah, I mean the the safety part of it is they don't want you hitting guys in the head in football or in hockey. That's it's always to me been a difficult designation between trying to hit a guy as hard as you possibly can and trying to injure him. You know, is is it intent to injure or is it intent to discourage competing against you by, you know, lighting a guy up and making him rethink his priorities? Um, Shouldn't be a free pass. Maybe it's a blurred line. But Uh, you don't have to go for the head. Can't go for the head. That's it. Can't do it. His head was down, but but you still can't do it. The argument that everybody always makes is they try to talk about the fact that you're, oh, you're taking the uh, the physicality out of the sport if you're doing that. Oh, and now it's becoming a wimpy game and all this. No, it's just about the head shot. That's it. Yeah, and I see that argument too. I mean, there is a certain element that pro sports are supposed to be a little different at least contact pro sports, in that there is supposed to be that element of fear, and you got to be something special to to deal with that and get through that and understand that going in. Uh, it's not college that way. Uh, these guys are highly paid, and it's highly competitive. Right. But they're trying uh, in hockey and in football to allow them to – survive their post-playing days, I guess. You know, it's just... The thing that, that bothers me, though, is that the Penguins always seem to be the ones making this stand that, like, hey, mm. you know, it, it it just makes us seem, I don't know. Well, they don't have anything to do with this. No, I know that, but what I'm saying is that fight is usually, you know, he already, he took out two of our guys this way in the playoffs last year. And with what happened to Sidney Crosby, like, that, you know, we have a serious stake in the game we mm-hmm. don't want headshots in the game it our owner ended the best player in hockey's career yeah our owner called it a garage league and you know there's there have been a lot of cries coming out of pittsburgh about headshots yeah there usually are about something <laughs> are you trying to say that we're whinier than uh, we admit know, to being uh, just just you know i don't know you're reacting talk- to what i hear i don't know what you're talking about yeah uh steelers getting ready for the falcons on Sunday, they are 1-2-1, and one, which is not where they expected to be. Ben Roethlisberger on a couple of occasions this season, including last Sunday night against Baltimore, has been disappointed in his play. Roethlisberger's play uh, has not lived up to his standard, admittedly, and it's been in uh, contrast to what he was showing in training camp. Uh, yeah, I felt really good at camp, and I, and I don't feel like... Like, it's really been that bad so far. Obviously, our record isn't what it is, but, um, you know, I, I just no, I, I hold couple, myself to a higher standard. It's, it's a couple misses here and a couple misses there, and that's where I need to be better. I need to make sure that, you know, I'm putting the ball where guys can make plays. Possession downs, can't screw up. Honest, you know, but that's a really valid point. I think a couple plays here and there. It, all these games, Cleveland was a tie. Kansas City was a one-score game. Tampa was a one-score game that they won, and Baltimore ended up 26-14, to and they got nothing done in the second half, but they had a couple opportunities where, uh, and Ben reiterated yesterday with me what he said Sunday after the game, just a better throw 
in a couple of different spots, and that Ravens game could have been a different game. So uh, the the hope for the Steelers is that they have you know another couple levels in them. This isn't. They aren't what we've seen yeah. so far. Well, if they're not afraid of if Ben... They're, if, if they're not better than this, it's going to be a long season. If teams aren't worried about Ben hitting A-B, then we're in trouble. Yeah. That, that has to be the serious threat. It does. And he is, of course, going to get the serious attention from the defense, as he always has. But even in that Ravens game, we talked about those consecutive third downs, uh, the, the sideline pass, and then the in route that they missed on. Uh, they The shallow are, cross is the one that really... There are opportunities. They come up X number of times a game. Not There's not a lot of them, but they come up. The touchdown, they got single coverage, and he, he exploited it and made the perfect oh. back shoulder throw. Great throw, great catch. Just got to do that a little more often, and uh, maybe that turns the tide for the Steelers. Steelers and Falcons Sunday at Heinz Field. Yankees beat the A's 7-2 to in the American League. Wild what card a game sad ending to that A's season. What a quick... Yeah, it's almost so long. It's almost like ninety-seven wins didn't happen. It, it is like they didn't happen. Because <laughs> oh, no man, matter, I mean, their fans got to enjoy it for six. Well, Mike, months, if but... a tree falls in the forest and there's only twenty-five hundred people there to yeah. hear it, to see it, you know, did it happen? Did it make a noise? Whatever that is, start spreading the news. <laughs> Yankees at the Red Sox on Friday tonight. It's uh, National League uh, Division Series Game Ones. Rockies at the Brewers and Braves at the Dodgers. Brewers, Dodgers. Socks. What's the other one? Cleveland Yanked. and uh, Houston. Houston. Yeah, you got to go. Astros. Got to go Astros on that. I think they're going to repeat. Yeah. Their pitching staff is absurdly good. All right. When we come back, the Tomlin translator. For those who have not heard before, this is when we take Mike Tomlin's press conference and put it through a filter that uh, those nerds at CMU have created for Can us. Can I start taking it with me on Tuesdays? No, it, it, no, because we don't want that. No, it, I could use it, man. Uh, I know, well, this is what we're here for. <laughs> I don't for. know if it works in real time. <laughs> You're here to, to provide a service. Let it stew. Phil Bork talks hockey to Hockey Night in Pittsburgh. Missy Matthews talking Steelers later this morning. Big Cat from Pardon My Take podcast after 9 o'clock. That's all coming up. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Pittsburgh.com. It is the DVE Morning Show. You're home of the Steelers 102.5 DVE. Every week we like to take Coach Tomlin's press conference and run it through the filter known as the Tomlin Translator, an application devised by those computer nerds over there at CMU that allows us to parse through and get to the subtext you of Coach Tomlin's. It. Yeah, because he, he is so uh, linguistically gifted. The nerds might be the MVP. We, it's hard. You know, he's so articulate. It's it is dense. It is hard to get to the subtext. This... Jumps right to the meat of the matter for us, right? Need, to need to where the nerds. rubber meets the road. Need those so nerves, baby. Okay, so the first uh, one of the first questions he was asked was, of course, about Le'Veon Bell. Now, Coach is very sensitive when it comes to uh, anything Le'Veon Bell, but uh, here was the latest. Mike, have you heard from Le'Veon that he'll be here in week seven? He's been for you. I have not talked to Le'Veon, and I really have no Le'Veon update. Uh, nothing's changed from my perspective in that regard. Okay, let's go through the, the filter. Having a tubby, out-of-shape rapper. Coming down from a three-month bung hit, rejoin my team doesn't make me think Super Bowl. Here we come. Bung hit. <laughs> bung hit. But I love, you know. I had no idea that's where he was going with that. No. See, yeah, really, see, when you heard him, really valuable. When you heard him say it the first time, you, you never would have thought that. All right, then he was... Uh, 
He was asked about uh, <laughs> the the running game and, and in this quarterly evaluation. I believe uh, Tim Benz asked him this question about setting up the running game. Does it need to happen more often to get better? Does it need to get better to happen more often? You had mentioned your run game before in your comments. You did your quarter quarterly evaluation that you talked about. What's the more true statement as it relates to your run, that you need to do it better or you need to do it more often to get it better? You know, and the answer is both, okay, really. Okay, let's put it through the filter. Hey, Tim Benz, which is the more true statement, you need to sit farther back in the room so I cannot hear you. Or, you need to shut up no matter where you sit. I'm going with the latter. Uh, see, now would you have even thought... That's not right. Actually, that would, yeah, I would have thought <laughs> Um... So then he was asked about uh, how James Conner is comporting himself in the passing game. How is uh, Conner handling the ability to supplement the run game with a short pass game in a way that Le'Veon had done so well over the years? I, I like what, what James has given us, um, particularly in the passing game. Uh, he's been really consistent in that area. Okay, let's put that through the tunnel. Well, one way that James Conner is better than Le'Veon is that when Ben throws it to the check down spot, James Conner is not in a strip club in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> tipping out a BBW. He's usually there to actually catch the pass. <laughs> a BBW. <laughs> so then, he was asked uh, uh, about Ben and Antonio Brown. Mike, this might have been your uh, your question. Mike, uh, coverage aside, it, it looked like there was a couple plays the other night that Roethlisberger Brown usually make, and for whatever reason they weren't made. What are those two guys not doing individually or collectively so far this year? You know, we we missed some opportunities in that game, no doubt, particularly on possession downs. Uh, but I've seen that tandem a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. um, they'll smooth it out. They'll find the rhythm. Uh, usually over the course of the journey, um, the cream rises and and they'll show what they're capable of. Okay, let's put that through the filter, the Tomlin translator. Right now, the cream has turned lumpy and tastes like sour <laughs> If these guys don't get their act together soon, the NFL is going to flex all our games from CBS to a Canadian channel. <laughs> well, wow, that's quite a flex. I didn't know that was even possible. Uh, Ed Bouchette asked about that that uh, that too many men play that, that happened and whether or not it was challengeable. It was a point where the Ravens were trying to get a player, player off, and it seemed like he'd snapped it, and he didn't get him off. You had a discussion with the officials. You threw the flag. Is that reviewable, and what, what all happened there? Yeah, um, I had a conversation with those guys. Um, mechanically, I wanted to hear what transpired from their perspective in terms of officiating that play. That play is uh, reviewable, is capable of being challenged. I'll leave the nature of our interaction between between us. But you pulled the flag out, but they let you pull the flag out? They did. Did you want to review it? Uh, I didn't at the end of our conversation. I did not. Would a, a shot of it have helped if you could have seen uh, a replay of it? Yes, it would have. Yes. Okay. See, this is a long one to put through the filter. Wow. So let's see what it boils down wow. to here. Those striped <laughs> told me it was not reviewable and then told me after the game, oops, sorry. Turns out it was. Next time I pull out the challenge flag, I'm gonna do a mind sweep with it and toss it right at the line judge's schnoz. Oh boy, that is, you can do an Isaiah Crowell on him. Uh, that's uh, pretty aggressive. 
Defense stink flag. Def- <laughs> defensive issues. Schematic or the personnel related, and, and do you see foresee any changes there moving forward? You know, I, I really think we're we're finding our rhythm um, defensively. Okay, the filter. The defense has found its rhythm all right. And it's the same rhythm you would find from a bunch of white dudes dancing at a Kenny Chesney concert. Oh, that's not very good rhythm. <laughs> Mike, how common is it for you to do a quarter review? Is it every quarter? Or is this because of the way you started? Um, I do it um, probably quarterly, particularly the first quarter every year because I just want to provide perspective. Okay, through the filter. I only do it for the first quarter during years where I think there's a chance I could be fired by the time the second quarter ends. <laughs> well, that's uh, probably a long way from happening, but... Even Vince Williams can't go, would Matthew Thomas be a potential option? Yes, he would be. Can you talk about his progress a little bit? You know, he's done some nice things and he's gotten better each and every day. All right, Matthew Thomas. He brought bagels in for everybody a couple of times, which was kind of him. And he stopped accidentally getting dressed for practice in the pit facility, so I guess you could say he's getting better each and <laughs> oh, every day. Go. Yeah, he's done some nice things. <laughs> I wonder where he'd been yeah. since camp. I yeah. <laughs> you mentioned getting, getting down early in games and having to come back from that. Is there anything that can be done, either schematically, or do you think maybe the game, the way the game's been officiated, that is... No, we're, really- we're looking at what we're doing schematically, what mm-hmm. we're doing in terms of... Uh, preparation logistically leading up to the game okay we're looking at things that are within our control so what what exactly does he mean through the translator we're gonna try to not suck right off the bat (laughs) we're gonna try to push off sucking as long as possible okay and he was asked about sean davis's performance uh, performance (laughs) you know sean has done some really good things for us he he's been a stabilizing force in the midst of um you know a a lot of transition okay He's one of the few guys that doesn't suck. <laughs> well, all right. You know, uh, he was asked about the slow starts too, Mike. Like in terms of the, the slow starts offensively, I'm assuming that you guys are still working on a script early in the game. Uh, does that script then perhaps need to be more aggressive uh, early in the game? You know, it's not necessarily the scripting, like I mentioned. Okay, let's see through the uh, translator. If our scripts were turned into movies, they would all star Paulie Shore. Yeah, things are not going so great for the Steelers right now. Find themselves at 1 2 and 1 going into week five against the Falcons this Sunday. A one o'clock matchup. You're right. Uh, you, you win uh, on uh, on Sunday. You're, you're right back where you need to be. Arrow pointing up, etc. etc. Conversely, one in uh, three and one is no good. Big W. On Sunday, if they can pull it off against a beleaguered Falcons defense, the offense, however, I can't. Oh boy, I cannot emphasize enough how bad that Atlanta defense is. The over for this game, I mean, these are turning into like Big Twelve games, Mike. What is it? Sixty Big Twelve basketball. Games. Yeah, it's, I believe it's fifty-seven, Bill. Wow, insane. I don't Times think it's 57. high enough, Bill. Missy Matthews, eight fifteen. We'll talk Phil Bork. 8.45, a hockey night in Pittsburgh is the Penn's home opener is tonight against the defending world or Stanley Cup champion 
Washington Capitals. Big Cat from Barstool Sports. Pardon my take at 9.15. Val has news next. We're going to talk about the most offensive shows of all time. All right. Dan Gekin performing in the Coffee House, a special Thursday edition of that coming up. Your chance to text to win 1000 bucks coming up after the break at the top of the hour. Erg. Have you heard of eco-anxiety? Apparently, 72% of millennials suffer from it. Eco-anxiety is apparently the stress and uneasiness felt when watching, hearing, or reading negative news stories about the environment. I used to blindly throw things in the recycling bin like, it's glass, it'll get recycled. You know, like a jelly jar or something. You're like, oh, well, that jelly jar is going to get recycled. I've done my work here. But you have to, like, wash that stuff out. I did the same thing, but I love how that's kind of like almost a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to wash it. I want to save the earth, but <laughs> if it involves doing the dishes, <laughs> count me out. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I told you, I'm st- I drew the line at straws. You're no. not going to you're not going to go without. No, I'm using straws. Oh, okay. I thought that was the last straw for you. I don't know. Unless I can be made to believe otherwise. The, what I'm not doing, I'm, I, I'm not using fisherman nets because what I understand is those are really the biggest culprit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Apparently, the, the, core, <laughs> the Earth's core temperature is going to raise seven degrees in the next 80 years and the whole planet is going to like incinerate. So 80 years? Yeah. So I think we're on Wait, the, we're really going to incinerate? Uh, something like we're that. We're just going to be really hot. Yeah, but it basically will have the effect of- like, Boiling the oceans? Yeah. Killing all the fish. Yeah, and then all the, you know, flesh-eating bacteria and stuff will flourish. And mm. Yeah. Sounds awesome. It, it, I think it'll be great. But w- w- what's the point? Do you keep fighting? Or do nah. you... <laughs> I don't know. I gave up a long time ago. Apathy. It's what's for dinner. Uh, well, hopefully the Steelers are not apathetic. They should feel a little desperate going into Sunday's game. We'll talk to Missy Matthews coming up about whether Mike Hilton and Morgan Burnett will end up playing and the lasting effect of this Le'Veon Bell saga as uh, they continue to wonder. Like I'm wondering, the comments that came out last week, does that do more harm than good? I feel about this saga the way you felt about the staircase. It's too long. There's too <laughs> many episodes. I just wanted to wrap up. Yes. How does it end? I don't know. Like, let's get to it. Thanks to uh, Ruth's Chris for hosting us last night, a Radiothon celebration dinner. We had five uh, people who donated $2,000 on day one. I believe it was in the first hour of Radiothon. We basically got five donors at a $2,000 level. And so uh, amazing. we uh, we had dinner with them last night, a six-course meal at Ruth's Chris. Oh. It was insane. We had a good group. They were so fun. They were all so nice and so we fun. We were cracking up. That was awesome. It was a good night. It was a good time. Six six wine pairings was a bit much. Whew. Yeah, I don't who eats like that? Kings and queens? Yeah, that's why they all have the gout. <laughs> <laughs> I was but, like, are we going to be gurneyed out of here? I can't walk. Fowl was like, I'm going to have to sleep in a, uh, I'll have to be strapped to an upright I chair. I did slept you? sitting straight up in bed last night. Did you really? Yep. Until oh, about one o'clock. Poor Fowl. Those six courses that ended at uh, nine, nine o'clock. It was, yeah, it's a little late. <laughs> a little late Next for the year, gird. Eaton Park, 3.30 p.m. dinner. Early bird. <laughs> I think that's why old people do the early birds, because they, they all have reflux and hiatal hernias. It is. So they have to eat really early so they can go to bed. It's the early fern special. <laughs> 
But uh, thanks again to everybody uh, who made that happen last night. It was a, that was a nice special night and a, a great way to celebrate the highest Radiothon total so far. All right, what do you got? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 65 degrees at DBE. The news is brought to us by Citizens Bank. Well, the Senate is giving new rights to airline passengers. A measure approved Wednesday sets minimum seat sizes on commercial flights and prevents kicking off passengers who have already boarded. Those airline policies gained national attention in 2017 when uh, that guy was dragged off the flight and bloodied oh yeah dragged down the aisle of the airplane the measure also requires many airports to have private rooms for nursing mothers and changing tables in both men's and women's restrooms not included in the measure are any limits on baggage fees which the airlines rake in a ton of money with that those new rules will now go to president trump's desk for approval and in other airline news do you have more confidence in your pilot based on his or her accent I would say a sober accent would probably be my favorite. Yeah, um, I mean, as long as it's not a Cajun accent, I think I'm good with it. A new survey of U.S. travelers found 54% of respondents are more or less confident in their pilot based on the pilot's accent. Which accent do travelers trust the most? British. Upper Midwestern, 63%. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, we, uh, the uh, flight uh, time is not going to happen quite the way we thought it would. <laughs> We're going to taxi out. And We're going to taxi yeah. on that runway uh, for about four more minutes. Next <laughs> on the list, which surprised me, Southern California. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just like, hey, hey dude. Right. Hey, brah. We're about to taxi out, brah. Dude, there's some gnarly turbulence coming up. <laughs> Great Lakes, which I don't even know what that is. I don't know. Central Canadian and Southwestern U.S., those are the accents we feel most Southern confident. accents don't do it. We're going to stop over and get this some bitch. My brother-in-law needs a, <laughs> he needs a jump. We're going to have to start, Which start is, a little light. So 37% said that's the accent they have the most confidence in. 37% also said that's the accent they have the least confidence in. Southwestern. Texan is the number one accent people have the least confidence in. absolutely mm-hmm. new york i think we can blow through this some bitch <laughs> what's the difference between texan and southwestern u.s i don't know it's, it's very specific i don't know how you can discern between the right. two yeah uh general american <laughs> and central canadian i just confident. if the pilot has three names i get nervous <laughs> Like John Wilkes Booth? Yeah, exactly. Assassins, Mark David serial Chapman. killers, <laughs> and pilots that make me nervous. Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm uh, John William Patrick. You're, you know, those guys who try to get too fancy. I like the guys who are casual. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Yeah. Although too casual could be bad. If he's like, hi, I'm Tim. I'm your pilot. You're like, uh, really? Well, you would rather say I'm Captain No, if they, if, if they say Captain, I'm always like, all right, get over it. <laughs> oh, you're such a big shot oh, Captain, flying this plane. I'm, I'm Captain and Coke. That's a quick joke for everybody, but I am a little hammered. Anyways, we're about to scoot off. <laughs> I trust most of those guys. I mean, it's, you know, they're so well trained now. Yeah. It's very rare that you, I don't know, you don't get a bad landing. No, too they're often. not going to risk that. No, and plus, a friend of mine, she worked on uh, U.S. Air forever, and she told me that she's like, the takeoff and landing is the only thing they do. Like, it's it's literally a computer running mm-hmm. the thing the whole time. 
and it's it, you know they have all the check marks down it's the safest way to travel still by far yes i was getting on you know whenever you get your plane ticket and then you realize at the bottom when it says operated by yeah so and so yeah it's like a cover band for the airline that you actually bought the ticket from and then you don't realize till they have that little bridge to Terabithia with the netting on the uh, side. Oh, yeah. And you're I like, have... ah, I knew it. It's I like have... going to see Foreigner and Mick Jones isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> like, where? wait, is any original member here? No, but I mean, we have the Foreigner name. There's two seats on one side and then the other side is just one long I toboggan. To t- I have to take one of those to New York tomorrow. It's not, the it's, t- that's the two not a bad one. flight. Because it's just one hour. The little plane. Yeah, but those are awesome. Really? Yes. No, I don't. I know don't about love that. them because I was yeah. boarding the plane and I could totally see in the in the cabin of the the cockpit and the uh, the pilot was on Facebook. <laughs> I was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Pilots over here poking people. <laughs> did, did he put like as his uh, like status like feeling nervous? <laughs> 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 You have to fly today. <laughs> I'm like unfriended. Are you heading into work today already pissed off, thinking about going to that job you absolutely hate? You are definitely not alone. A survey by Monster.com found 64% of American workers daydream about getting a different job every day. Yeah, I every f- day. Man, that sucks. Yeah, that's that's a hard, hard go. I mean, everybody has a bad day, but <laughs> if you're pissed every day going to work, every single day, don't don't just daydream about getting that new job. Try to get a new job. Right, uh, go after it. Uh, be aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad. I mean, I've been in a job I hated, mm-hmm. and it is not it's a not good lifestyle. One, <laughs> no, no. I love this job. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> A uh, new poll says South Park is the most offensive show of all time. Oh, okay. I didn't know. It was like, yeah. South Park is the most offensive park of all time. <laughs> it's the buffalo. They mock you when you go by. <laughs> it got over 30% of the vote. Family Guy was second, followed by Jerry Springer, All in the Family, and Married with Children. Cartman, the most offensive character, followed by Archie Bunker, Peter Griffin. Now, they say Roseanne Barr, which that's not her name in the show it's just Roseanne uh, Al Bundy Donald Trump Stewie Griffin and Charlie Harper from Two and a Half Men South Park has Simpsons status for me I don't watch it regularly anymore but when I do I always think it's funny oh yeah they're, they're great the survey also asked what kind of content people found most offensive sexual violence number one in every every demographic disability jokes racial jokes profanity body part discussion uh, stereotypes and drug and alcohol use were also noted Man, but Jerry Springer, to me, was just like the fabric coming undone. Like, those shows, it just was a new level of trash that I had never seen on TV yeah. before. Uh, my brother is, you know, I've, uh, his, uh, they're in children's right now with uh, my nephew, and uh, there's, <laughs> there's like a room on the floor where you can go and just like hang out and mm-hmm. watch TV or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's a guy, he had that Steve Wilkos show on. Oh my god! Which so, isn't yeah. he a Steve, bodyguard of? He was yes, like a security guard yeah, on the Jerry Springer show. He had to break up show. a fight every single episode that was ever on air. This guy was eating a Slim Jim, watching it, and yelling at the TV. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what he was saying. That's what you get. I'm like, wow, this is a really interactive show. People get into it. That he had to break up so many fights, he became famous. He got his own show for breaking up fights. They used to chant his name. They go, Steve. Steve, Steve, Steve. 
Hmm. Jeez. Uh, Good thing that didn't bleed over into American culture and become our complete identity and direction. Because Jerry, yeah, Jerry Springer would be like, well, let's get some um, some Ku Klux Klan members, some Nazis, and then <laughs> some get, some, hey, get some Black Panthers that. in here. Know. See if they can vibe what, out. What could go wrong? Scattered showers and thunderstorms today, low 70s for the high. It's 66 at DVE. It is your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Joining us right now from Steelers.com, our friend Missy Matthews. Good morning, Missy. How are you? Hi, guys. Good morning. I'm doing well. So let me ask you this first off, uh, injury-wise. Mike Hilton, Morgan Burnett, where are we with those guys? Uh, Mike Hilton I'm feeling pretty good about. Um, He's kind of wearing a sleeve. Sounds like he's doing everything, step in the right direction. Morgan Burnett, I'm not so sure just yet. Yesterday he was limited. Uh, Mike Hilton was a full participant. I think today will be a big day for Morgan Burnett. Sometimes when he's been dealing with injuries this season – We've seen him go from limited to fold and back to limited um, on a Friday. So not so sure about Morgan Burnett, but it would be um, huge for the Steelers' defense if they could get Hilton back this week. Yeah, Burnett's a guy that he's he missed a lot of time in camp. He's missed time in the season. That was a pretty critical guy uh, that they were counting on. Right. Uh, what's the level of frustration, you think, or disappointment maybe that he hasn't mm-hmm. been available more often? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's hard, especially because they moved Sean Davis, and I think uh, we heard from Coach Tomlin this week that's been a good move for Sean Davis, but then when you don't have your counterpart um, there all the time and that's sometimes changing and it's forcing them to do different things on defense, I I think it is very frustrating. But they've been dealing with a ton of injuries, which is unfortunate when they are a unit that really needs to find their rhythm, if you will. So um, I will. (laughs) <laughs> the, Missy, the Le'Veon Bell declaration to uh, uh, Jeremy Fowler last week. Right. Does the team, do, how how do they respond to this? Does it act as some sort of, you know, it, like relief for them? Or is it more of boy cried wolf scenario? Wolf. I don't know. It's really weird. Here's my thing. If you... Um... You know, you didn't tell your teammates when you were going to report in the first place. They all thought it was going to be the same thing as last year, which he had quasi-indicated this offseason. So that doesn't happen. They get mad. You know everyone got mad. It's not like he's oblivious to what's happening. He's tweeting and Instagramming during games. He's clearly paying attention to the team. Okay, so you decide it's going to be week seven. That's when I want to come back. Bye week. Yay. Uh, Browns are the next week. <laughs> you call Jeremy Fowler. You don't tell your teammates. You don't tell Coach Tomlin. You didn't call Kevin Colbert. Mm-hmm. You you didn't even confirm with them. Like, hey, guys, just so you know, talk to ESPN. It's going to be out there. There was no communication. That is just so bizarre to me. Um, I feel like last year, every time we talked to Coach Tomlin for an update on Le'Veon, whether it was in training camp or leading up to when he did report after that final preseason game, Coach didn't tell us what they talked about, but he would at least confirm, yes, you know, I I talked to Le'Veon Bell. His teammates talked to him as well. Nobody, everybody tried everybody yesterday. Bud Dupree, Marquis Pouncey, uh, Ramon Foster. No one has spoken to him. I just, I don't, Mm. I'm not firmly believing that he's actually going to come on week seven. I don't know. Do, I'm I mean, with you on that one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like in agreement. Yeah. Tell your team. It's just, it's so weird. It's and so weird. And I think he might believe that today, but maybe tomorrow he's going to come up with something right. different, or next week he's going to decide something different. He really, I think, yeah, I feel like he's just playing this whole thing by ear, and he keeps just changing his mind. It's very weird. I don't know if it is dependent on how the team is doing. I don't, th- I don't know if it's dependent on if somebody says something nice about him or if they say something mm-hmm. mean. It's just, 
I don't know. He's just like down in Miami hanging out and just being really wishy-washy. Uh, Missy, how much of the uh, the Steelers, you know, they're not they're not running the ball lights out. James Conner had a great week one, and since then, w- whether it's just the pace of the new NFL with the new rules or uh, an inability to get things going, running game hasn't been top notch. How much is the offensive line not? I don't want to say struggling, but uh, contributing to the lack of running uh, success so far for the Steelers. Yeah, I don't think it's that they're struggling. Obviously, they're high draft picks. They're well-paid. Um, they've all played They're together. getting a little long in the tooth, though. Right. No, I mean, hey, they. Ramon Foster even said it yesterday. Like, hey, as an O-line, you don't think we want to run the ball and shove it down someone's throat and have those games? Like, remember week four in Baltimore? That was the game Le'Veon finally, like, came to after missing so much time last week. They, they were just pounding the Ravens and running the ball and just so successful at it. There's nothing in O-line like more. I just think, you know, when you're not doing it a lot, it's hard to find a rhythm on that. I keep saying rhythm, and I really am trying not to. Um, but it's true when it comes to the run game. You know, that's not something you can just do one play and then pass it ten more times and then get back into it. But I think everybody's to blame. There's a reason why the Steelers are sitting at one, two, and one. No one wants to be there, so I think they all kind of need to uh, have one of those gut check games, especially if they want to turn it around this week. Probably not going to be this one, though, in terms of the run game, right? I mean, no. I- I think Atlanta's going to have 20 points getting off the bus. Well, that's <laughs> the other thing not. I wanted to ask you about, Missy, is that you know they've been trying to find out the corner opposite Joe Hayden, who's going to distinguish themselves with Matt Ryan coming in here on fire and Julio Jones. How are they going to do that this week? Yeah, I mean, you hope somebody gets hot, right? I mean, I don't think it's good for anybody that they have to keep doing this rotation, but who's the guy that you would put there and say, we're going to stick with him on Julio Jones the whole game and we're just going to live or die by it. Mel Blunt. I think, well, I mean, that would be great. No, I mean Mel Blunt now. Right. <laughs> Tell them to take the cowboy hat off, put the helmet back on. Blunt, get in there. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, Ben was asked yesterday, does the offense need to be the reason why this team is going to win this season and moving forward he said well you know the hope is always to win one more point to have one more point than the opposite team I mean this week it is more true than any other week and I feel like we keep saying it but man Atlanta can score and the Steelers offense is going to have to get it together as well and conversely Atlanta can't stop anybody now they've lost they've lost both starting safeties it's crazy their best linebackers out they're down three critical guys on defense they're not coming back and they don't have answers either that's right. Yeah. I mean, they're going to rush for and do everything that you know they're going to do. It's just, can you stop them and can you uh, take advantage? I, I don't know. It is crazy how um, similar these two teams are heading into this game Sunday. Missy Matthews, Steelers.com. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Bill Crawford, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, can't wait. Fashion show. Yeah, what's I'm, a, what's, I'm looking forward to what, it. What's the deal with the fashion show? You guys are doing red carpet stuff? Yeah, Bill Crawford got roped in. I'm excited about it. Fun. We just, we interview the players as they're coming in, getting ready for the show before they, you know, do the big runway thing. So it's a lot of fun. There's still tickets available. You can head to Steelers.com if you're interested. But, uh, as, you know, some people were saying yesterday, it's always fun when you're coming off a win, but it's still a good night. It's all for charity for the UCMC Concussion um, Center and also the Cancer Caring Center. So good deeds and a, a good chance to see these players off the field. Good deal. Thanks, Missy. Appreciate it.
All right. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. All right, we'll see you. Coming up, Phil Bork. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Hockey's back. The home opener for the Pens. A 7 o'clock puck drop tonight against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. Alex Ovechkin is a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, yeah it's very Stop. true. Big Cat from Pardon My Take podcast coming up at 9.15 on... DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by Hovis Auto and Truck Supply. The Penguins open their season tonight, 7 o'clock, at PPG Paints Arena against the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. The Caps fresh off a 7-0 victory over the Bruins in their opener last night. The Penguins looking for a third Stanley Cup in four seasons. And... Uh, Mike Sullivan being the coach uh, during this current run. We all should understand by now uh, how they're going to go about trying to win that third Stanley Cup in the last four seasons. Sullivan has often explained how he wants and needs his guys to play. He gave a pretty good uh, dissertation on that after Game 4 against the Caps last spring. You know, when you look at our team, we're, we're wired to, for offense. You know, when you look at the core players that we have... They're playmakers, they're goal scorers, they're guys that want to play with the puck, they want to make plays. And so when you get into a playoff environment, there's, sometimes there's no ice to play on. Sometimes it's hard to make a play. And if you force something in the wrong area of the rink that's not there, then you potentially feed their transition game and you put your, your, your team in a vulnerable position. And so it's the discipline of recognizing when the opportunity is there, when we have numbers, when we have speed, when we have ice. And, and, you know, I know this coaching staff never wants to take the stick out of our team's hands because we think that's what separates our team from others. But, but it's a discipline or a diligence to make sure that, uh, that we don't force plays at the wrong areas of the rink or in the wrong time of the game that put, puts our team in, in difficult situations. And, you know, so it, it's part of it is the way I think our team is wired. And, you know, I think we've shown a lot of discipline. When we play well, we, we make good decisions. Uh, when, when we tend to get away from it, it, that's usually the root of the issue. Yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, simple plan, but it's tough to execute because when do you go for it and when do you kind of step back and live to fight another day, so to speak? And how much did we talk about, Mike, about you can't just flip a switch and start playing the right way come the playoffs? No, you cannot. It has to be ingrained all season. It has to be part of your instincts by the time the playoffs roll around. And, and they've, they've done it so well uh, – for such extended stretches under Sullivan. You think back to the most recent Stanley Cup, back-to-back shutouts to close out the final series. Not going to lose if you don't get scored on. And then last year, overtime against the Capitals in an elimination game, and Chris Letang makes a pass to Sidney Crosby that's not executed well. Crosby's reaching, he can't catch it. Letang, for some reason, drifts over into the corner. Dumoulin's already gone up the ice because they're attacking and you end up giving up a breakaway goal in overtime in an elimination game, and that's what gets you sent to the first tee. Can't do that stuff. But you can't do the great stuff if you don't try to. You just got to do it in the right spot at the right time with the right numbers. Uh, Penguins have been pretty good at figuring that out in the Sullivan era. They'll uh, take another shot at it starting tonight, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship. I can't wait. 105.9. The X Steelers getting ready for 
The Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. They're coming off a 24, excuse me, a 26 to 14 loss to the Baltimore Ravens Sunday night. We've talked a lot this week about a couple of third downs in that game. Third and four when it was still 14-14 in the third quarter. Ben Roethlisberger missed Antonio Brown on the sideline. And then third and 12 when it was 17-14 Ravens. Roethlisberger missed Antonio Brown over the middle. Here's uh, Ben talking about those plays in detail yesterday. The one on the sideline, A.B., that's you know a route that we've hit a thousand times. you know, And um, the defender was kind of sitting at a depth. And so when him and A.B. kind of got a little collision, it forced the angle to be more severe than I was anticipating. And I threw it a little early because you have to. You, you can't, in this league, you can't throw when a guy's open. you got to throw early. Um, so I threw it a little early and missed. And, um, you know, I, I, I probably still should have put a better ball on him. So, honestly, I don't think that's either one of our faults. It just is the way a play happens. And the one later in the game, maybe he's got a, had an in route and it was single high. So I was trying to kind of keep him, set him down a little bit to keep him away from a safety. And uh, I just threw it too far behind him. When you got a second look at it, did it look wide open? It looks open, but he also could have took a big hit. The safety, single high safety is, is driving down on it. So, um, like I said, sometimes you try and protect your guys and, and set them down, but I just threw it too far behind him. They're close. It's not happening nearly often enough with Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger and Brown, but they are close, and Ben Roethlisberger's not concerned that uh, it isn't going to start happening with regularity very soon. No, no, because it's because I just have to play better. Like it's not, it has nothing to do with him and things that are going on. It's just about me. If I play better and put the ball in better spots, then we make those plays. Now, of course, the other way to look at that is when you almost complete a pass. That's right. that's called an incompletion. Just just because it's open and you have the right, you got the coverage you want, and you got you're throwing it to the guy you want to throw it to, and the protection is fine. You still have to complete the damn thing. But uh, <laughs> these guys have a track record. And right. I, I don't think their problem is going to be Roethlisberger and Brown if a month from now we're talking about why everything's a mess. No way. I would think that's going to come around. And this Atlanta defense, hey, hey Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and if Devonta Sanu. Freeman plays, Mohamed Sanu, this is uh, an armada of offensive talent that Atlanta is bringing to Pittsburgh. But defensively, these guys are a mess. And uh, yes. their, their two starting safeties are out. Their best linebacker, Deion Jones, is out. Uh, they have given up over 900 yards the last two games. They've given up 80 points. And in each of Atlanta's last two games against New Orleans and Cincinnati, the Falcons had a lead late in the fourth quarter and couldn't hold it. Uh, the Saints got them to overtime inside of two minutes, and the Bengals beat them inside of 10 seconds. Oh, this is so getting me excited. You know, just when they make a shot, you go make a shot. And hope you get the last shot. I fully expect the Steelers to come out pumping on one cylinder. The thing that is, yeah, right. The thing that is aggravating about this, though, is any time that you you don't score, you feel like, oh. Yeah, possessions are precious. Get at least three. I mean, if you don't hold serve, you're just screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, yeah. both defenses are probably going into this thinking uh, much like the Super Bowl. We've talked about this a lot this year. We'll probably talk about it all year. Can you get that timely strip sack? Can you get that timely tip pick? Can you do something, something. that just stops the bleeding and, and kind of changes the momentum of the game? It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. The old two-nighter. Phil Bork joins us when we return. Hockey is back. Great slate of home games to start the season. Caps tonight, Saturday against Montreal. And then uh, on uh, uh, Thursday of next week, 
Marc-Andre Fleury returns with the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to tonight's game right now. Caller number 30 for Murray. 333 WDV. Not me, You win tickets to tonight's game to see the Wilsonless Caps. When we hand those to you, don't use your glove hand. Because <laughs> you might drop them. Borky's next. Big Cat from Pardon My Take podcast on Barstool Sports at 9.15. And a special coffee house with Dan Getkin uh, coming up after that. Uh, they got a record release this weekend at the Elks Friday night. What's going to be a great show down on the north side. That's coming up. DB. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Borky is back talking <laughs> hockey on DVE, and Borky, it's here. Hockey season. Thank God. Yeah. I, it feels I, like I, we haven't I, played for like 15 months. I know. <laughs> We're so used to taking the, the the season all the way to the end of the cup run, and uh, to have been eliminated even a little bit early this year feels like we were cheated out of hockey. I thought you were going to say, take this thing down to the river and party all summer. Party all summer. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, we've basically had 100 days off the last two off seasons, mm-hmm. so this one with an extra month. It felt really long. So here's I'm what I'm saying, Your Honor. I did not go down to the river all summer. I did. Did you did not? I did not. Neither did I. There was no reason to. No, no. That stung. May seventh. That's the price you pay. Yeah. 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 You're not allowed to go down to the river. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, Borky. I always hear this about Sidney Crosby, but for some reason, I never don't think it's true. He's more determined than ever. I don't know what it is. I mean, this this guy. It, he looks better. He looks stronger. He looks faster. And I don't think that's just me getting the black and gold pom-poms out. <laughs> it's really, he just looks, he just looks just a more refined player. And I'm going to do my two minutes with him uh, for the pregame show here tonight. Oh, nice. And uh, any any suggestions on, on what you want me to ask him? But, you know, my number one thing is, you know, do you feel, do you, because every summer he works on something different, right? Whether it's face-offs or shooting or, or whatever it might be, uh, what what have you done different? Because he does look like a different player, a more refined player. Is it that, or is it that he remains consistent while the, his contemporaries fall off? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He never never stays at one level. Whether it's just one click or two clicks up, whatever it is that he's he is, he's so motivated. His work ethic is so off the charts that he's never going to have a year where he falls back. Just because of his motivation, and you know, I think his team just feeds off of that. You hear it so many times. Even the coaching staff is just like, man, I admire this guy so much. Mm. Just the way he goes about his business and how it it kind of filters down to everybody on the fourth line, everybody that's in the organization. Matt Murray last year, uh, he said he has to do better than he did, particularly in the postseason. Mm-hmm. The emotional gravity of having lost his father and coming off of two. Yep consecutive cup seasons right. where you know he played all the way into to June as we mentioned before uh, how much did that have to play in it and how confident are you that he will be 
the best Matt Murray version we've seen in the past. Uh, he is highly motivated, and he's more mature. You, you forget he's 24. You really do forget he's, he's 24. He's a kid. He's a kid. And he went through a lot last year. He did go through a lot, but but Crow, I think he wants to rip that rearview mirror right off the windshield. I think I think he's probably tired of talking about it. And that's, that's not being any disrespectful at all of what he went through because we can only imagine. Nobody's ever been in that situation where you're, you've are you been anointed the number one goaltender. Everybody's still talking about, oh, I miss Flower, oh, I miss Flower. Yeah, we miss Flower. But guess what? He's out in Vegas doing his own thing. He's not coming back. So in the meantime, our guy is number 30. It's Murray. And he is a... Um, he has really turned into quite a pro. I, I like a, a lot of his post-game quotes last year. He would just come out and say, that was on me. I got to be better. I accept the responsibility for that goal going in. Hey, listen, goaltender is one of the most unique positions in all of sports. That as much as it's a team game, you're kind of in your own little bubble back there, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of an individual game back there. That you're in your own thoughts a lot, and every once in a while you have a teammate you know, tap you on the pads and kind of give you a, uh, a rah-rah, but uh, you know, it's it's really uh, remarkable the way that he has uh, matured over the years, and uh, he he is he is ready to roll, and he is fired up. Well, okay, he's been a lot like Crosby in his development of identifying an area, whether it's you know from juniors to the American League to the National League. Right. All right, I got to start challenging shooters more now. Right. All right, I got to start anticipating the play better now. All right, I got to start controlling my rebounds. Mm-hmm. What do you think his focus was this summer to? to get back to where he was. Good question, Mikey. I, I heard there was a couple things he really wanted to work on. Number one was breakaways because he felt like the way the season ended last year was... Quite Kuz- a few of those. Kuznetsov breakaway, right? Yep. yep. The overtime winner. I think maybe and the guys up six. front should work on those too. Well, yeah, but the, <laughs> but, but, but the, way, the way that he went about his business in the offseason was be better on breakaways and be better with the glove hand. You know? And so uh, it's pretty obvious that teams scout goaltenders quite intensely and uh, they're going after his glove. So if that's the reality, if teams are going to go after your glove, then you got to be better on the glove. That's just it. How did Kessel and Sully quash whatever what was going on? There's with. nothing going on there. You got two strong personalities. I think the media is taking this thing and You're they're the just media. putting a lot of Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, no, whatever those other slugs are selling, I'm not buying. No. Well, they, you can stop it right there. That's fine. Uh, Tom, Wilson, just took him to the O. And yeah, I just think you got two strong personalities. That's it. You know, you got this fiery Irishman from Boston who's very opinionated, and you got Phil Kessel who's he's passionate and he's opinionated, and you know they're not always going to see eye to eye. To eye. Mm. But I think that's good. I think that's a healthy conversation. Right. What's, what's your forecast for big game brass this year? Do you think he clicks in? Wow, he just looks great. He looks he just looks healthy. He looks like he's just playing. He's just free, and he's just scrapping. No, he he just he just looks like the guy that we saw playing for the New York Rangers. That he wants to be a difference maker, and uh, boy, he's he's a big part of what we do this year. You know, for me, it's Broussard, it's the backup goaltending. Who, if if Casey the Smith is a real deal, which I think he is, and where does Tristan Jari fit in and all this? But also the third piece of the puzzle for me is these young guys, Dominic Simone, Daniel Sprong. Where do they, you know? Where do they fit? And you got to contribute, man. You look at the way the Capitals won the cup. You look at the way we won the cups the two previous years. It was the difference maker was what got you over the top with these young guys that came in and were not just a warm body filling the uniform, but they were actually difference makers. How do you feel about the Tom Wilson suspension? I think they got it right. I was polling some people yesterday 
Steve Mears, Bob Erie, a bunch of people, and they all we all kind of all said the same thing. We think it should be twenty, but the way the league has disappointed us over the few, last few years, we think it would be ten. So I think they got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, Which aspect of that do you think? more warrants the, the the 20 games the repetition the the frequency uh, of his uh doing this kind of stuff or this potential or this actual hit on the head on on uh, Sunquist. i mean it was a yeah. like he was a he was an eligible target it's just how he chose to attack him yeah he could have hit him in the shoulder and separated his shoulder he could have hit him in the sternum and cracked his ribs but he chose to pick the head here's the yeah here's the big thing is four suspensions over 12 months Plus, if you remember last year in the playoffs, in the first round against Columbus, he went after that Alexander Wenberg, almost took his head off. Again, distance traveled, picking the head, leaving the feet, all that. Obviously, there was the Zach Aston Reese that got him suspended, but don't forget, remember the Brian Dumoulin hit too? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. this guy, it's it's kind of the re- con- reincarnation it's of Matt he- Cook. Yeah. He's you a know, repeat offender. He's not going to get it until you drop the hammer on him. and. Listen, I hope it doesn't happen, but I have a feeling that, that this guy just can't help himself, and you almost feel like it's going to... So what is it next? If this is 20... It's got to be a season. If it's 20... Season. It's got to be, right? It's got to be. Got and, to And what I, I don't want to see... I don't want to see the Players Association appealing this. Come on, man. Where is the Players Association sticking up for Oscar right, Sundquist? Right, right. Because they both pay their dues. And right. here's a guy that's not... Who knows when he's going to be able to play again? Because mm-hmm. he got hit in the head. Right. Just take your medicine, take your 20 games, zip your mouth, and let's move on, and hopefully he's better for it. What did you think of that Marshawn Eller uh, scrap last night? Oh, mm-hmm. my God, I loved it. And I, listen, there's a lot of things that Brad Marshawn does that I don't like, but that was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. <laughs> he connected In a 7 nothing game, you're going to go by the Boston Bruins bench and kind of give the wave with the gloves? And it wasn't, a, it wasn't that over the top. But it was enough to poke the bee's nest, or poke the bear, I should say, right? And uh, what Marshan did, I didn't like what what um, what they said in the post game show that he was wasn't quite ready. Get ready! You're gonna go by the Bruins bench, right? When you score the seventh goal in the seven nothing game, guess what? It's coming. And you're lucky it wasn't Chara, because you might be six feet under. You're lucky it was only Marshan. <laughs> tell you what, just a Mar- question of policy here: How close is he allowed to come to the Bruins bench when he's winning seven nothing? Nowhere. Just go to your own bench. You got to take a big half circle and not. Just you know. go to your own bench. Don't go anywhere near the Bruins bench. It's seven nothing, and you're doing a little wave of the glove, kind of in the face. Hey, you know what? Listen, this is this is a violent game. This is a brutal game at times, and there's yeah. a lot of intimidation back and forth. And you better be ready, Larzell. You skate by the Bruins bench in the seven nothing game, and game one. Somebody's coming. You better be ready. So here's the other thing I don't get: is Tom Wilson gets 20 games for going after a guy's head. And Brad Marchand gets applauded for punching a guy in the head. In the face. Yeah, but he looked him right in the eye. Y'all can fight. Right. Still listen, guy's Eller, still in the Eller, head. Eller could have hit him back. Listen, uh, if, yeah. if you don't like fighting, then get fighting out of the game. A lot of people like it. It's in the game. It's legal. Fighting is legal. You spend five minutes in the box, you feel shame, and you're out. You're back in the game. <laughs> it's just the way the game of hockey is. Right. It just seems okay? inconsistent to me from the player's safety. No, no, well, no. It's disagreeable, Because Wilson was blindsided and predatory. Still getting Look me head. in the eye. It's still getting Look me in the eye. You want to punch me in the face? Look me in the eye when you do it. I got no Let's problem go. with it. I'll punch you back. Let's Forky go. is fired <laughs> up. Hockey is back in the Berg. The Penguins <laughs> host the Capitals tonight in their home opener. You you can listen to Phil Bork alongside the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang, on our brother station 105.9 The X. It's hockey in the Berg, a 7 o'clock puck drop. The Pens 
look to avenge their uh, relinquishing the cup to the Capitals tonight in the first of many matchups. Woo, Borky! Hockey is back. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you, Crow, Randall, Valerie, and Michael. I enjoyed our time together, and this was <laughs> Good Hockey Talk. And in other airline news, do you have more confidence in your pilot based on his or her accent? Southern, Southern accents don't do it. We're going to stop over and get this some bitch. My brother-in-law needs it. <laughs> he needs a jump. We're going to have to start, Which start is out a little light. Texan is the number one accent people have the least confidence <laughs> Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. New York. I think we can blow through this some bitch. <laughs> if they say captain, I'm always like, all right, get over it. <laughs> oh, you're such a big shot oh, captain. flying this plane. I'm, I'm captain and coke. That's a quick <laughs> joke for everybody, but I am a little hammered. Anyways, we're about to scoot off. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Dr. Lubowitz, your pilot today. Wouldn't it be great if he just used another thing? I do many things. <laughs> he gets on in a Chick-fil-A outfit. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm your sandwich artist and pilot. <laughs> what do you have going on, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 66 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. There is a disturbing new crime wave taking place south of the border. People in the Mexican beach resort of Puerto Vallarta have reportedly been found naked, tied to lampposts with their backsides raw. Wait, when you say raw... Well, like, beaten... <laughs> At least 10 people have been found in recent days, but police say the victims aren't talking. The one victim who did talk to police said he was kidnapped from his house by strangers, taken to a farm and beaten. The victims also have the letter R on their heads, possibly standing for rat or thief. Oh, I was going to say, I do remember this episode of Love Boat where Gopher ended up tied to a lamppost in Puerto Vallarta. But I think that had something to do with a weird weekend with Zsa Zsa Gabor that they never really went in depth about. Uh, some odd, other odd crime stories for you this morning. Irish prison officials believe a drone was used to deliver Chinese takeout to prisoners. Staff That's at the Wheatfield awesome. Jail in Dublin say they found containers of fast food in a bin in the yard of the jail. Prison officials said there's no other conceivable way it could have gotten there than by drone. Prison <laughs> officials said it only shows inmates will go to great lengths to get whatever they want, even if it's Kung Pao chicken. Prison officials say they have noticed more contraband being delivered by drones, and uh, they're putting netting over the exercise yard now. Can I have my Mushu pork in solitary confinement, guys, at least? Comes back with, I need low sodium soy. It just dumps too many duck sauces. <laughs> Nobody ever uses the duck sauce, do they? Nobody. And everybody has at least three or four duck sauces in their junk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> just in case we have a, 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 a duck sauce need, we are fully loaded here. I got plenty of duck sauce. Come I throw it out now. I used to keep it, but now I'm like, why am I keeping right. this, man? This was never. When the Chinese food is gone, you. Why would you leave it hanging around? Another weird thing, the one guy that delivers Chinese food to my house, he he's well, he's Asian, and he always he bows when he hands me the food, and I always feel like I'm like, that, I don't deserve that. Do you curtsy? <laughs> no, I don't know what to do. I'm always like, thanks. I, 
<laughs> Thanks. I don't really do the bowel I, stuff. I don't know what. I, well, I don't know. I like the food. I don't want to be disrespectful. So but I don't know. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm totally patronizing him if I bow back. <laughs> you know what you what should you do next time. I mean, the pizza like... guy doesn't go. Hey, I hope you like your pizza. You know, like you, you know. should unsheath a sword next time <laughs> and challenge him to a duel. Wow. I don't know. I just I don't want to be disrespectful. Pizza guy. Hey, <laughs> enjoy it, a pepperoni. Uh, and he just starts singing, you know, when the moon hits your eye. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't do that, so thanks. But Well, everybody has a day where they're just really stressed out, really on edge, just anything sets you off. You're not yourself. An Iowa man facing a felony charge after sending his brother to the hospital with stab wounds during a fight over a rack of ribs. You okay. know, you get a little edgy sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you're at Damon's and things aren't going your way. Kill Jim plunged a knife into his brother's belly at a Council Bluffs motel ah. where they were sharing a tray of ribs. Officers responding to the 911 call found a bloody pocket knife outside the hotel room. They went into uh, inside the room to find Daniel trying to stop the blood from an abdominal wound. With a wet nap. <laughs> Daniel said... Uh, <laughs> To police, he didn't want to press charges against his brother, but the deputy said the seriousness of the crime meant they had to cuff the suspect. He's now facing 12 years in prison. He probably and, squeezed out of those handcuffs with the rib sauce. Yeah, <laughs> slipped right through. Pretty slippery. And police in Youngstown responding to a situation between two roommates found one man bleeding from a stab wound. The victim explained he and his roommate got into a fight over hair in the shower. <laughs> Uh, the victim told police he had showered earlier in the day and was kind enough to remove his long hair from the drain. Ah. He said his roommate, 21-year-old Dequan Ross, took a shower and didn't remove his hair from the drain, so he confronted him. An argument broke out. That's when he said Ross took out a knife and stabbed him. Police have arrested him and charged him with assault. These guys, why are these guys shedding? Do you have to remove hair from the from the drain every time you shower? Not every time. <laughs> My, Hair in the tub, uh, it does creep me out. My one friend every uh, up in Erie, every time I stay at his house, I have to clean out the drain, and I'm always like, dude, you're a hairy bastard. Make a habit of clean. Like, how do you... And it, then it, it backs up the tub when you're taking a shower. Yeah, and then like, you swim it's like oh, ankle that's juice. That's just straight up nasty. And then it's like you're ankle deep in your... Oh, can in you the, never call it ankle juice again, Val? Thank you so much. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near ankle juice. I don't know how that doesn't bother him to the oh, extent that he doesn't that like gross. clean hey guys, up all the time. I got some freshly squeezed <laughs> ankle juice. Ugh. Anybody want some? Uh, Randy, I, I know the answer to this question from you. Have you ever seen a ghost? Well, you don't know. You never saw one. I don't even necessarily know that I believe in them as much as I've experienced some weird stuff that would lead me to believe that there are, but I lived in a house that was supposedly haunted. They didn't tell me till I had already moved in and they gave me a hundred examples of stuff that had happened. And I was like, Oh, whatever they're telling stories. But then some things happened while I lived there. Someone killed themselves in the house I was living in and, uh, Marge, the ghost, she large Marge. We would like, there would be incidents like we we're sitting on the couch and there's just two of us in the apartment and you'd hear footsteps upstairs. It was mm -hmm. a small. It, it was a house, but it was a small house mm -hmm. that had like four bedrooms. And then you would hear like somebody clearly walking across the floor upstairs. Not oh. like house settling Oof. stuff. Like 
Like, click, 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 click. Or, like, I was on the phone in the kitchen one time, and there was a pan on the oven, on the range, Mm -hmm. and I turned around, and when I turned around, the pan slammed down onto, like, I mean, someone smacked it. Yeah. Or uh, one time, and I was doing the mornings up in Erie when I worked at Rocket 101, and I was, like, brushing my teeth in the bathroom at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, and the door was open. And the door slammed shut behind me. I have me. goosebumps Oof. just hearing these stories. Like, wha-boom! Just like the loudest thing in the world. Like, it, it wasn't a draft or yeah. something to close it. It was like, a some, forceful. Yeah. And, and was, this is a house you bought or an apartment you I were just, I was renting it. Uh, yeah. I was renting, you know, I was paying rent. Roommates. In my buddy. Yeah. They're, I want my security deposit back after that. They all laughed at Did me. Did the other after. guys have experiences? Tons. Yeah, a lot. One, the one that creeped me out the most was the stereo in the basement uh, in the middle of the night turned on at full volume, 10. My, my roommate went down and turned it off and turned the volume down, went back to bed, and an hour later it turned back on at full volume, 10. And it wasn't like a digital one. Mm-hmm. It was like you had to manually turn it to 10. Right. And so then he went down and did it again and turned it off, went to bed, and uh, a little bit later, his golf clubs, which were leaning against a wall with the, the top of the, the golf bag mm-hmm. against the wall. The club heads. They yeah. flew the other direction across the room. What? Did anybody ever say, Marge, All stop it. the time. All the time. And supposedly it happened Ugh. in the laundry room. So we would go down and anytime you did laundry, I mean, we talked to her. You'd just be like, mm-hmm. all right, Marge. Just doing some laundry. Appreciate Don't want any it. problems, Marge. Appreciate if you didn't freak me out really bad. So I always try to do laundry during the day. But Don't again, throw out the duck sauce. I, I leave open the possibility that this was all somehow some weird energy that we created or some, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. 18% of Americans say they've seen or felt the presence of a ghost. Never have. Thank God. Hear weird things, but that's just like house creaks. Yeah. I always, I'm like, is that somebody? Oh, God. My one dog used to stare at this one spot in the ceiling. And I always thought, is there a ghost in here? Or he was like, people? I think there's a piece of meat up there. <laughs> <laughs> Just staring at a stink bug for God, 17 hours. It looks like meat. Getty Lee's big, beautiful book of bass will be published on December 4th, and it's available for pre-order. The 408-page book profiles his collection of vintage bass guitars and features interviews with fellow four-stringers John Paul Jones, Adam Clayton, Robert Trujillo, and Bill Wyman. The book's available in three editions, Ultra, Limited, Lux Limited, and Standard. The Ultra Limited comes with a silver Tolex case with a secret compartment, a behind-the-scenes mini booklet, two Getty guitar picks, a photo signed by Getty, a printed set list from Rush's R40 tour, a set of bass strings and a custom vintage style box, a polishing cloth, and knowing collectors won't want to break the shrink wrap on the Ultra Limited Edition, there's also a free standard edition book. For more details, go to Rush.com. And finally, uh, Bradley Cooper recounting the first time he sang with Lady Gaga before they started filming their new movie, A Star is Born. He shared the story on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, and uh, he was on there last night. 
So that folk song. Says, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. She never heard it before. I was like, hey, do you know this folk song? She's like, no. Wait, you know, start. Midnight Special, that folk song. Says, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. She never heard it before. I was like, hey, do you know this folk song? She's like, nope. And I was like, oh, well, can we sing it? And she printed up the sheet music, and there's a piano in her living room, and we just sang it together just to see if there was, like, chemistry. And, uh, and it was just, she made me feel so comfortable. It was, it was, it was really, yeah, and that was, that was the beginning. And she said, okay, let's do it. And right. uh, some of those scenes were actually filmed at, like, music festivals that were happening. Uh, you turn me off. There we go. We jumped on uh, Stagecoach. Jamie Johnson uh, let us come on right before Willie Nelson, and then we went to Glastonbury. Wait, yeah, wait, it was so insane. It was wait, insane. Yeah. Could people hear what you were doing? No, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Stars Born hits theaters tomorrow. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon is perpetually excited, excited and surprised. Um, joining us right now, folks, from Pardon My Take, Barstool Sports. It's Big Cat. Big Cat, good morning. How are you, man? I am doing okay. I need to get this on the record that I uh, I, I dosed myself with uh, back steroids this morning. So Okay, but I, which kind? Yeah, the prednisone. All right. I just got off a prednisone pack for my back. Okay. What I, did you do? Well, I there's like a bulging disc of some kind. That's the same as me. Okay, so we're, we're the same. Lumbar? Lumbar? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I, I just go to the doctor and he's like, yeah, you know, you should probably maybe mix in a crunch once every couple months. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good idea, Doc. But I I am so stupid that I the, – the pill pack is fun to open. It was like Tic Tacs. You were just yes. kind of popping them out. Because there's like just, seven on the first day. There's six on – yeah, there's six on the first day. You're supposed to have two in the morning, one before lunch, one after lunch, two at night. I just popped all six and just downed them. Yeah, you can do that, though. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. so I'm good. Yeah, you're Sorry. fine. Did you eat something with it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, was that was that a real question? Did I eat breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they say if you smoke tons of weed while you're doing that, it'll help you out a lot, too. Oh, there we go. Yeah, someone said, uh, hey, man, you're just going to be really hungry and uh, talkative. And it's like, well, so how's that different than every other day? Like, I, that's, so that's how I live. With the pregnisone, do you get... Pregnisone, not pregnisone. Oh, I don't know what pregnisone it is. Pregnisone is... That's Cromartie's house. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, exactly. do you get the roid rage, though? Or, or I don't think so. I, I don't do even really know hungry? any of this stuff. Yeah, I just... I, I, listen, I know that I am, uh, I'm doing a terrible job taking care of my body. I've hit. I'm 33 now. I should stop playing basketball. That's how I know this is... I should not say the B word in Pittsburgh, but I should stop playing basketball, <laughs> and uh, I, I need to do a better job of taking care of myself. Uh, yeah, well, we, yeah, we all do. Yeah, it, it, the bulging disc is the worst because it shoots down your leg, and yep. it, it, it also feels like an old man disease. It, it feels yeah, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and and by the way, before I, I, I was actually before I dosed myself with these steroids, I wanted to start with something else i wanted to apologize to you guys mm -hmm. uh because i took a ricochet shot at the steelers and now you know i love pittsburgh i love I the city of pittsburgh i love you guys sure. but I, after the cubs lost on on tuesday night in my post uh you know misery where i was trying to spin zone everything i started just kind of ad-libbing what why i should be happy and the bears being good was one of them and not being a Steelers fan this season oh. was also one of them. It just came out of my mouth because <laughs> you two guys have been such a train wreck, and I really don't even know what's going on anymore. It, and I, I've always been a Big Ben. I always thought of Big Ben as, as a top-five quarterback. I always thought he was the guy I'd want at the end of games, but he looks lost. 
I think he and AB have had a hard time getting on the same page. Without Lev there, there just seems to be there. You know, it just threw them off kilter a little bit. I don't know. Through the first four weeks, it hasn't been fun. The soap operas, right? It's, but it's not like we don't know that it isn't a soap opera here. Like we're we are well aware of right. the train wreck. <laughs> Right. That's right. why we're I mean, America's yeah. team, Big Cat. The Steelers <laughs> yeah. are America's team. We're a total mess. <laughs> Listen, I like, like I said, I like, I like the Steelers, and I, I uh, always have, you know, I always enjoy when the Steelers are good. I think it's one of those, you know, you talk about college football, Notre Dame is good. It's good for football. I think when the Steelers are good, it's good for football. But, man, it's been tough to watch, especially that second half against the Ravens. Oh, boy, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, really bad. And then when the Browns get good and the Steelers are bad, it's there's no joy uh-huh. in Mudville. Right, and, you, and that doesn't happen. I mean, that's one of those ones where I think actually like Cardinals fans probably dealt with that for a long time because they're like, the Cubs will never be good. And then I made the point that Cardinals fans now, the best part of their season is rooting for the Cubs to lose in the playoffs. <laughs> well, I said that the other day. In the absence of the Pirates' success, the Cubs' failure feels pretty good. That's all we why have. Is that? Yeah. Why? Why? Why is everyone? I, tell me why. Do you want to know why? Because when you yeah, because we always kind of had a um, I, I don't know. We we felt like we were kindred spirit fan bases there for a while because Lovable of losers. Because, yes, and so even though we were division rivals, there was a little bit of uh, you know I like going to Murphy's and slamming beers and going and sitting in the bleachers and going to Wrigley. I have respect for that. And then as soon as you guys got good and we went to the postseason, uh, that uh, the playoff game here, the Cubs fans became just unbelievably obnoxious, and it was so yeah. out of nowhere. We were like, wait a minute. Dude, you were one of us, uh, you know. That's fair. A year That's ago, fair. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's hard to, you know, you see it in life. Like, you know, your friend who is maybe maybe chubby all his life, and then he starts figuring out how to go to the gym and eat right, and you're like, <laughs> he starts taking off his shirt at every party and and and, and flexing and, and being like, hey, why don't we go to the beach? You're like, what are you talking about? We never go to the beach. That's kind of. <laughs> they yeah. don't really know how to deal with our shirt off. That's like, right. We start taking our shirt off and being like, look at our abs when we've had a, a pop belly our whole life. That's right. <laughs> you guys got abs and we're jealous of it. That's what it is. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. It's it's funny though because I've noticed it, especially in the NL Central. Like, there's a lot of vitriol from Brewers fans to Cubs fans, and I get it because Cole Hamill said there was not a rivalry, which is the dumbest thing you could ever say because that. Basically, when you say something's not a rivalry, it becomes a rivalry instantly. Even if it wasn't, yeah. Right, even if it wasn't. But I always just thought the Cardinals were, were the ones we all hated, but I guess uh, I guess the Cubs have kind of taken the throne on that. We still hate the Cardinals, too. It's you know, Okay, we'll good. Yeah, we have hate. enough hate to go around. Yeah. Good, uh, good. So we, there's so much to talk about. I, I, I wanted to get your MLB picks uh, since we're going into the baseball playoffs this weekend. Uh, but, but we're running short on time, so I, I want to ask you about Tom Wilson. Okay. 20-game suspension. I, noted scumbag. I was on the right side of history here. I called him a scumbag in uh, our office uh, last winter, and I, I received a lot of blowback from both PFT, my co-host, yeah. and our other, uh, my other uh, co-worker, Nate. They said, no, he's not a scumbag. No, he's not a scumbag. Listen, I, he has played the game dangerously, and the only thing I will say in his defense is if you – if you have a hit, a dangerous hit on an NFL Sunday, if you have a preseason and uh, dangerous hit on an NFL Sunday, that shouldn't count. Like, he should have just gone in front of them and been like, no one even saw this hit, guys. Because I missed it all. I missed it until the suspension came down. I was like, wait, he got suspended for what? Like, when did this happen? So I think they could have – the NHL, like, you know how when they get to the playoffs, there will always be that first big hit. 
and they'll they'll just go way overboard punishing yeah. it because it's always a big it's under the microscope. This one was like the opposite of the microscope. You could have just let this one pat, and no one would have said anything. <laughs> right. I mean, he twenty games, man. I, he did take the guy's head off, but you know he could have hit him anywhere. He always he always goes for headshots. He's a dirty player, right? Right. I think that that's really what it, it's it's one of those gut feels. I think there are guys who play the game hard and they're physical, and you can feel it. Tom Wilson, to me, has always erred on the side of he's kind of trying to kill you. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, you have that feeling to it, and, and I think that that's probably why he got such a harsh punishment. The money, when you look at the money, I mean, you know, hockey players don't make a lot of money. I think it's a million dollars, over a million dollars he has to forfeit. That's, whew, that, that, that's where it really hurts. Yeah. All right, back to football. Isaiah Crowell uh, giving a butt white endorsement. Have you seen this? He's, uh, he's been given an endorsement for something called Dude Wipes. Where do you stand on men using the the butt wipes? Okay, so I've actually used dude wipes before. I actually I actually love the product. Do you endorse like, dude even, wipes? Do you get paid I don't, to endorse I do dude not. wipes? Okay. I have been paid in the past, so I will say that like if you put me in front of a jury, I have in the past been paid by dude wipes. I'm currently not being paid by dude wipes. Okay, but you the stuck with part, the product. That's really the true mark of a, of a, an endorsement, yeah. you know. Exactly. The best part about that celebration was, I don't know if you guys, uh, obviously, like Joe Buck's calling the game, and I don't know if your brain <laughs> oh, immediately yeah. went to the Randy Moss. It did, of right? course. I thought, oh, yeah. of course. Oh. Of course. So he, I, yeah. you know, we, we've become friendly with Joe Buck through the years, and so I texted him right away, and I obviously didn't expect him to text back for, like, you know, days. Like, he's working, he's got everything going on. I said, I'm so sorry that you had to witness that horrific <laughs> act on the football field, I'm praying for you. And he responded like 45 seconds later, just said F you. Oh, dude, that's awesome. I'm glad to know Joe Buck has that's his phone with him awesome. during the broadcast. I- it's so great. And it was such great. It's like, it was such great. He, he takes things in stride now. He knows like when, you know, I think he's great at busting, busting balls like that. I thought as soon as that happened that Joe Buck immediately heard the Schindler's List theme song in his head. It was just, <laughs> yeah, right. it, it was the saddest thing that, oh, oh can not you not again. Oh, what yeah, has become of again. football? <laughs> oh. It's happening again. Why is why are only the times the players use their uh, butt as a prop <laughs> in, in a uh, celebration? Why do I have to be announcing those games? What's the over-under on the times that Brady goes to uh, Edelman to prove that TB12, now that they have the clear, is uh, really the superior training program? I mean, I'm taking the over tonight just because of that. And yeah. I know that might be a dumb gambling brain thing, but like that, and also you add in the deflate gate thing, I feel like they're going to try to run up the score, and, and I feel like they're going to try to get Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman three touchdowns each. Yeah, so, <laughs> all the druggies. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's like the, the human gut side of handicapping, where it really doesn't make a ton of sense, but you're like, you know what? They're just going to try to run up the score. And now after I say that, it'll probably be 17-13 final, and it'll be a slow, terrible game. But that's, that's going to be my pick tonight. <laughs> What's the better coach-quarterback quarrel, Brady Belichick or Rodgers-McCarthy? Oh, that's a good question. I actually I love Rogers McCarthy because Rogers takes so many passive aggressive shots at his coach. <laughs> he does. And Mike McCarthy is in such a terrible position that he knows that if Aaron Rodgers said walked to walked into the owner's office and when I say owner's office I mean the millions of people yeah, that you, live in the you, state of Wisconsin. You have to call yeah. a town meeting. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Walked into if the he, town hall. 
Yeah, no, but if he wanted Mike McCarthy gone, he could just he could snap his fingers. So Mike McCarthy knows this, and that's why it's so great watching it because Belichick and Brady, at least like yeah, they they probably don't get along perfectly anymore because they've been together for forever and whatever you know it happens with relationships. But there's still a balance of power. Like both those guys still have power. McCarthy just has to sit there and take all these passive aggressive shots and eat them. And, you know, he's, he's a hungry guy. He's a growing boy. But still, Pittsburgh guy. He he's a Pittsburgh guy. Okay, but he has to eat them, and it's just so funny. And, and credit to him. He always takes a higher road. Like, you do have to give credit. Mike McCarthy always takes a higher road. Now, I don't know how much credit because I don't know if he has another choice. Uh, okay, uh, I need to, to double back at, for the last question here with uh, Big Cat from Pardon My Take. Um, the butt wipes. Your ecological concern here. Do you flush, even though they're not supposed to be flushed, or do you create a butt, butt wipe receptacle in the bathroom? <laughs> what are you, are you saying? Like I have uh, where you put like needles and uh, you know, like <laughs> with, sharp the, with the skull and the X over it? No, I do not. I think you can wipe them. I think you can wipe them. No, no. Like if a, you flush them, they get caught in the plumbing. I mean, though. Wipe, flush them. No, I think you can flush them. Yeah, but I'm, I don't. I rent. I don't own. <laughs> <laughs> You don't That's want a one plumbing. wipe Charlie dispenser in your uh, in your no. house. No, listen. When I, when I own a house, yeah, we won't do butt wipes. Wipes, or maybe we'll have a landfill in the back. But right now, <laughs> I rent. I don't own. I have no problem flushing those butt wipes. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Rough and rowdies this week and Barstool Sports. Pardon my take. Uh, podcast co-host Big Cat with us here on DVE. Big Cat, always a pleasure. Have fun uh, with the fights this weekend, man. Thanks so much. I'm at the airport right now. We'll see everyone out in Lexington. Appreciate you guys. Good deal, man. We'll see you. All right, coming up next, Mike Pursuit. We're getting ready for hockey. Penguins back at it tonight. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. That it is. Sports is all brought to you by CBS Television. It is the Penguins and the Capitals tonight at PPG Paints Arena. 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. Town ought to be jumping a little bit. Yeah, Ron Rush Hour sure. today. Penguins uh, looking to get back the cup that the Washington Capitals won last season. Caps beating the Penguins on the way to that cup, just as the Penguins had beaten the Capitals on the way to back-to-back cups the two previous seasons. Mike Sullivan still the hood, the head coach of the Penguins, and still adamant that there's a way to win those things and a way not to. You know, we've said to our team all year long, we're not going to score our way to a championship. We've we've got to make sure that we become more difficult to play against. We've got to defend. You know, we, we've got to we've got to be responsible in our own end zone. We've got to be responsible in all three zones, both with the puck and without the puck. That was uh, Sullivan last season. Could have been Sullivan from the previous season. Could have been Sullivan from the season before that. Consistency. His, his message is clear and consistent. Yes. And the line they have to try to traverse is to be aggressive and creative and explosive without being risky and without making it too easy for the other team to score on them and uh, it's a fun team to watch when it's when it's going the right way when they're making the right decisions and when they're playing with enough patience to be stout defensively but enough acumen to recognize when those chances are there and what plays can be made because of their mm-hmm. talent and because of their speed, and because of their hockey sense. And uh, it's fun watching them crank that power play up, too. Franchise record last year uh, in terms of the success rate, and uh, everybody's back. But if they decided to play 
not the right way and be a little risky. It is good to know that Matt Murray has practiced Matt his Break his away. defense on breakaways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's gonna start feeling like Tom Barrasso back in the day yeah. when just, everybody <laughs> went forward. Uh Caps got things started last night seven to nothing over the Bruins. Two goals in the first one minute and forty seven seconds of their title defense. I guess they liked it. They guess, liked it a lot. I guess they want to win another one. I like it a lot. Steelers getting ready for the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. The defense, no doubt, bracing for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and probably Devonta Freeman and Mohamed Sanu and an array. Uh, fans are bracing, too. An array of offensive talent. Matt Ryan, the trigger man of uh, one of the most explosive offenses in the game. But the Steelers think they can be that as well. The problem is... They have scored in one of their last six quarters, dating back to halftime of the Tampa game. Yeah. Ah, okay. They have one touchdown in that span. So here's what I think they should do defensively, though you were highlighting the offensive uh, ineptitude for what should be a high-powered offense with many weapons. Not having James Conner kind of hamstrings us a little bit. but Le'Veon Bell, you mean? I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell. They do have James Conner. They do indeed. He and that hamstrings say, us a little bit. But the fact, the defense, if they can just do, and Bill, we were talking about this yesterday, Belichick's key to success, that, you know, if they can take away the big plays, make them go down the field, make them earn it, make them, you know, take chunks and not huge, just touchdowns at will. That, Get rid of all that over the top. Yeah. That is a clear and consistent message from Mike Tomlin, which seems to be lost in translation periodically. Like, I, just when the other team has the ball. <laughs> yeah. It's been like a pop secret factory in, this, which in is, the secondary. Yeah. And that's yeah. really when you want to heed the message. Yes. Maybe this is the week. Maybe, Mike. You know, you never know. You never know. Back to that offense that has scored in one of its last six quarters and has gotten one touchdown in its last six quarters. Marcus Gilbert thinks they should be doing better than that. We got to stop uh, shooting ourselves in the foot. We need to go out there and play uh, football. We've been the the number one um, or top top offense in the in the league, one of the top offenses in the league the last couple uh, seasons. So there's no excuse for us to be um, um, to be struggling like this. Um, you know, everybody expects so much better, you know, than that from us. And um, all we got, all we can do is respond. Uh, we got the guys to do it. I'm optimistic. Uh, Guys had a chip on their shoulder today, and uh, that's what I like to see. How do you tell if there's that chip? What do you see specifically? Uh, just a very physical and uh, fundamental detailed practice today. Um, the guys were getting after it. Guys were finishing, making plays. Uh, like I said, a lot of running around out there, and guys were you know, really um, on top of their assignments. It starts with practice, right? No excuse to shoot yourself in the foot. Plexico Burris isn't on this team. Nope. No. Come on. And no excuse not to score points against the Falcons, who are without both of their starting safeties and their best linebacker. Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, and Deion Jones. Imagine this. You're already, you're already seeing the Steelers without Ryan Shazier. You don't have to imagine that. Now take out Sean Davis and Joe Hayden. See what it looks like. That's what Atlanta looks like. All right. So we need to uh, we need to roll on offense this weekend. Got to get on the same page. Hopefully, Ben and AB have uh, taken great pains to make sure that's happened. 
I would think those guys are going to come. A little around. staying after practice type stuff and winging well, it. Around. Whatever it takes. Whatever. As a great man once said, just yeah. get it done. Potato yeah. sack race just together. Get it done. Get it done. Just team do building it. stuff. That's it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. A special Thursday edition of the Coffee House. We weren't able uh, to, to get Dan Gekin and the 12 6 in on Friday, but I wanted to make sure we could uh, give them. Uh, uh, a slot on Thursday if we could and thanks to our engineers for, for specially arranging this one for them. So we have a special performance from Dan Gekin and the 12-6 when we come back in anticipation of their album release tomorrow night at the Elks on the north side and that is going to be a uh, star-studded affair. Details next. D- it's the DVE Morning Show and joining us right now in a special Thursday edition of the Point Park University Stage DVE Coffee House, Dan Gekin and the 12-6 which is, uh, there's a lot of people in this band. I mean, not only is Dan on guitar and vocals, uh, you got Eden, Tim, Alex, Bill, Jake, and Jonah all a part of this. Uh, Alex is just playing tambourine. That's how many That's people right. they have. They brought a separate <laughs> tambourine player. One of the do do nice for you this morning. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Dan. And now tomorrow night at the Elks is the album release. It's the seven thirty start, and uh, one of our favorites, Andre Costello, is going to be there performing solo. Uh, Angela Autumn is going to be playing with her band, and for those who haven't seen her, she's great. And uh, I'm a big fan uh, of uh, of your band, so I'm excited for this. I'll be down there tomorrow night checking this out, cause, and I just love hanging at the Elks. Plus, you got a whole bunch of special guests joining you. Elliot Sussman, Reed Connolly, who's like the uh, pedal steel extraordinaire uh, player, uh, Molly Alphabet, and uh, the one and only Zub will be joining you as well. Is that is that all correct? Do I have it? We got so many more, but there's just not enough time this morning to get through them all, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, a good way to ensure a big crowd at your gig, invite everyone to sit in. Everybody's got parents, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, Dan. So what do you have for us here? We got a song called At the Ivy Inn. At the Ivy Inn. It's Dan Getkin and the 12-6 on DVE. Sitting at the bar at the Ivy Inn You gotta pay your tab and cash Each night I walk through the door into the path We used to drive by here on the way home from church Now I drive in when I get the urge Take
me playing Neil Diamond. Well, it didn't take a master's degree. It was just living me, but they were sniffing for a fight. And the 12-6. Awesome. Tomorrow night at the Elks on the north side. The show starts at 7.30. Andre Costello, Angela Autumn with her band will be opening up and looking forward to seeing uh, the full band on stage down there at the world-famous Elks on the north side of Pittsburgh. Dan, great job this morning. Thank you so much. All right, man. Dan really Getkin. enjoyed all the tambourine. Yes, the tambourine added a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. DanGetkin.com on Facebook. You can check him out as well. Dan Getkin and the 12-6. That was tremendous. I really dug that tune. That yeah. was tremendous. Yeah, it's a, it's a great tune. Well, you, you're in for a good time if you go down there tomorrow night. So I wrote a song about drinking. It's got to be upbeat like that. Yeah, yeah. well, no, it doesn't have to be. Unless it's real sad. <laughs> Unless it's about <laughs> alcoholism. There, there can't be any in between. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tonight the Bottle Let Me Down is not a happy song. <laughs> Whiskey and You is uh, pretty pretty somber. All right. Uh, thanks to uh, Dan Getkin and the 12-6. Also, thanks to Big Cat from Pardon My Take on Barstool and uh, the old two-niner. Phil Bork. Tonight, hockey's back in the Berg. Man, was he bouncing off the walls. Getting us all fired up. Man, that was a great segment. Also, thanks to... uh, Who else joined us this morning? Missy Matthews. Missy. Missy's the best. And I'll be on the red carpet with her tomorrow night. The Steelers Fashion Show. What's the deal with ascots? (laughs) What is the deal with ascots? Neither an ass nor a cunt. (laughs) And big thanks to uh, Katie Grashow. She was in here earlier talking about the World of May 5K this weekend. She came in in the 6 o'clock hour and told us about uh, her daughter and the stride she's made with a very uh, rare illness. And it was uh, it was pretty heart-wrenching. I don't know if, uh, if you didn't get a, a chance to hear her talk about her daughter's uh, Phelan McDermott syndrome battle. Ada Grashow, who is now 10, and after five years spoke her first sentence out of nowhere, just said, can I hold your hand? Incredible. Yeah. So they're making strides and uh, bringing awareness towards this disease and trying to find a cure. And this weekend's World of May 5K run walk is at North Park. It's going to be beautiful weather for it. So get registered by today online. You can just search World of May, M-A-E, 5K. Okay, that's it for us. Michelle is coming up next. Also, I want to thank one more time everyone at Ruth's Chris for making such a huge... Uh, uh, dinner for us last night—a six-course, bona fide gourmet meal feast. Oh my God, it was so good! And thanks to the uh, folks who donated two thousand dollars to our radiothon this year to be a part of that dinner. We had so much fun with you, and uh, thanks, really thanks to everyone at Roos once again for just treating us like royalty. 
Good night. You had a big ass doggy bag, didn't you? I did. You gave me some of your dinner to take home. <laughs> I was like, you can take this home. I can't eat it. Well, I don't have a kitchen right now. I'm not allowed no, to. Oh, that's true. I don't have any. Yeah. I'm like living out of a basement and a couch. I did cleaned, your gird I cleaned my six plates. You did. You yeah, crushed you did it good. all. I did too. And I didn't expect I that. And then to add uh, more uh, uh, undeserved deliciousness to our uh, to our plate, Katie uh, Kelly O's. I can't talk today. That steak wiped out words. <laughs> Kelly O's Diner brought in a huge breakfast buffet She's for us this best. morning. Kelly O's. Those pumpkin pancakes. Look yeah, you're out. So good. Those. Freshly squeezed orange juice. Ah. Award-winning coffee. I have. I miss Jack. That's nice. Uh Dave Damashek on the show tomorrow. Atlas performing in the coffee house. Sean Collier with movie reviews, and it's Steeler Friday. We're getting you set for week five of the NFL. Oh boy. Oh boy. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> Are you ready? Are they ready uh, for some football? It's the more pointy question. Plus, one of the Steelers will join us. We don't know who yet, but we'll figure it out. I was wondering that. Yeah. We just don't know who. Okay. Who's brave enough to... <laughs> Who's willing to talk? The... Steely will join us tomorrow. <laughs> it's not that bad, guys. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.